0: Play school. We know kids love our dinosaurs because they've made them the most popular ones in history.
1: We've got play school dinosaurs. They're big and strong and tough. Swines and teeth and tails. Jaws and horns and sails. We can play with them real rough.
0: And now we've made eight more, just as big and realistic, with parts that move and cavesters, too. Play school's definitely dinosaurs. Play school dinosaurs. are
1: big and strong and tough. We can play with them real rough. Ah, scared you didn't I? We
0: rolling. We're rolling this time. We're going get an extra late start tonight. Extra late start. We had some technical difficulties. Yeah, we had to run out to the local uh, Wawa,
2: <laughs> uh, the supermarket. 24/7. Yeah,
0: to go get a extra of the the, uh, the little memory card wasn't working. It was saying no data. I'm like computer, computer. I was like no data. What are you computer talking about? Computer on. What are you What are you talking about? Computer. We're here.
2: I and was if you'd let, watch. Star Trek, the original series.
0: Yeah, you like that voice? It's real scary.
2: <laughs> it's like sometimes the computer has like a decent voice, but on some episodes it has...
0: Terrifying. This awful.
2: <laughs> computer on! <laughs> computer! <laughs> and it's like, why would they program it to have that
0: voice? <laughs> yeah, it's just some weird... <laughs> Weird questions. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the future. Clearly, they have the technology. Well, they voice realize. Prompt, prompt. Well, how, why well, why would that be the voice? That is it
0: computer on? on. What is it? A hundred years to next generation? What's the, uh, the, 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 the I don't know. But, but like at least by then, they realize they got, um. what's her faces? In I think voice. it might have been
2: Magel Barrett or whatever in the first season. She was just doing a crazy voice. Oh, you think Nomad <laughs> <laughs> All the computer voices are fun and intense.
0: Yeah, they're all crazy like that. Well, you know, everybody's a little on edge. <laughs> they're going out the, in, into into the space for the first time. Um, I had a I had a uh, I had a question for you, but I don't remember now. We're back. Welcome to Saturday night movie sleepovers.
2: Saturday night movie sleepovers. Doo <laughs> doo.
0: Tonight's episode, the bike rack. <laughs> Um, I you know I got in the mail from Amazon uh, a Christmas Amazing. Well I got like a Christmas uh catalog. And I clearly think they're trying to hit up our demo, you know, there's people it's people our age who reminisce about the Sears I'm or J.C. Upset that I catalog. I didn't
2: get one. Nobody oh. spends more money on Amazon than
0: you than than this, this guy. This guy. <laughs> this <two thumbs. laughs> guy 2
2: thumbs and spends a shitload of money on Amazon. This guy. This guy right. Here.
0: Yeah, I got it and, and it's it's so you could tell it's it's by people who had it as a kid because yeah. it's done in such a way where it's it's completely a toy guide, and it's separated, of course, by genre or uh, you know gender. And then in the middle of it, they have stickers, and the stickers are like awesome. I want that. This is what I want. And you take the oh, and the kid is gonna go and sticker the awesome. hell. out. Yeah, I was like, Gee, I'm taking if, this to the bathroom. If I get
2: one, we should. Do a toy do cast? it and then bring ours. <laughs> Exchange <laughs> see, it to each see, other and see which ones we. <laughs> oh, we jointly wanted. <laughs> we like oh, that's ball. a good test to
0: see if what we because we're getting into the uh, the Christmas season here. Um, so well, that'd be exciting. So what have we been doing? Last week we did Come Into America. Last episode. Last episode. That was fun. Uh, and I feel like we didn't even. You know, I don't know. I, I always feel like walk away like we spent two hours on
2: it. <laughs> we spent, or more. We
0: spent longer on it than the length of the movie. Yeah, so we should be okay, but I felt like there was other things we didn't get to, but, you know, you can only get to so much. Um,
2: Yeah, I I think some movies just don't have as much stuff to talk about.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: like Tonight's Movie, for instance. There's just not a lot of information, because as you, the listeners, know, the the show's kind of sectioned off to to a lot of interests. You know, big sections of the show are the making of the movie and trivial-type information about the movie. And then, obviously, you know how we feel about it, and then memories and stuff like that. So, having a big section be research based. Sometimes there's just movies that there's just not a lot of information to research.
0: Yeah, and we strive in this world to make those movies have a lot of <laughs> a lot of research. Yeah, but we sometimes
2: don't. you just can't find it, or yeah. we run out of time. Dude. Can't
0: uh, oh that happens all the time where we do all this research and then we pop the DVD and then there's like six or seven massive documentaries (laughs) on it. uh, Like who knew when we tried to do Alien that time that there was a documentary longer six hours long. Yeah, you better put the coffee on Blade Runner. (laughs) Has like a four hour
2: documentary. Jesus or six something like that. Yeah, crazy.
0: That for me was that Alien box set because there's like
2: the quadrilogy. Yeah, there's there's
0: there's freaking documentaries that twice, three times as long as the actual movie, you know, it's like watching paint dry, but that's in a good way. I'm not complaining, but it's just like, Oh my God, it's overwhelming. Um, I I find
2: there's for those kinds of things. There's two kinds of feature documentaries. There's the ones that are informative and then there's the ones that are entertaining and the ones that are really long tend to be more informative than entertaining. Yeah. But luckily guys like us who are total movie nerds, Find that informative stuff entertaining. Yeah,
0: <laughs> so we're able to. I mean,
2: it's a little dry, <laughs> and sometimes it's hard to do a six-hour run. You might have to split up into a couple of viewings. Yeah, but
0: uh, we love. have a unique taste. We, we're, we've we've watched some dry stuff. There's, you know, like you used to always say, Harlan County, USA. That documentary Whew. you'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> That's two hours. I'll never get yeah. back. I used to say that about Stalker, but I think I have a renowned love for Stalker. That used to be my go-to because that was so long at the time um yeah well that was like star was it tarkovsky 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 i throw some tests in there as much (laughs) as i can he's a star yeah i had what the i had a story i was gonna tell you guys and then i don't remember what the heck it was was it about a kid it wasn't oh gosh darn it i was gonna i thought that'd be funny to say oh well my mind's blanking because of we had such a late start with everything tonight so we got off of doing um uh, October that was we great had, we
2: had our horrific
0: yeah. October extravaganza and then we we were like you know what we've been doing some heavy
2: hitting a lot of big ones yeah
0: yeah we've been hitting some heavy movies prior to that you know there's that word heavy again so we were like you know what maybe we should lighten <laughs> the <laughs> load what's this word heavy is there
2: some kind of problem with the gravitational pull <laughs> in the future
0: <laughs> and the end of the sea dance <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> did we, do, we did that this year, didn't we? we I think we, <laughs> we did, did do that. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, didn't we do that? Um, so we said, you know what, why don't we uh, lighten it up a bit? So last week we did uh, Coming to America, which was great. Well,
2: yeah, because we were coming off of, obviously, like you said, October. So we did four horror movies. Yeah. And we didn't slip in any.
0: Extras. Extra? No, we, you, like you comedy. did. comedy. But you did, and then we had a surprise score to death uh, crossover we, yeah. episode. But we didn't do like a light horror no we didn't Sometimes do yeah we'll do something, something funny or that, something different know,
2: more t- for the kids yeah like we did hocus, hocus pocus, pocus or, or,
0: garfield or garfield or so we you know. we
2: kept it pretty straight with yeah. horror and
0: then and they were anniversary they were like quintessential they're like pillars and shadow was fun yeah
2: but then before that it was like bullet yep. and taken and taken Apollo one two three it was a lot of
0: kind of gritty and guy movies. movies you know <laughs> So yeah. as we four, as, invasion, we're, invasion, as we're
2: getting out of the summer and going into autumn and getting ready for the holiday season, we decided to lighten things up a little bit. So we did a classic last week. Yeah, and I'm gonna call this one fucking. Oh, classic this is classic. <laughs> Before
0: we even we even say the name, we're already yeah, uh, grumpy old and it, men. This is a great movie to transition from.
2: Oh, beautiful November into into yeah. December. I was Christmas saying season.
0: that we had. There's we hit Thanksgiving here, we hit Christmas here. And we, hell, we might even go through a whole year's time in that in that area because Christmas comes first, and then they have and then there's uh, Thanksgiving, and then there's Christmas again at the end.
2: No, I don't think it's Christmas first. Maybe it's it's just Thanksgiving, then Christmas and then I thought at the beginning there there was some Christmas
0: music. Like during the well maybe. Who knows? I don't know. When they were walking around the town. Maybe I just was watching something else. Um, but the, yeah, it could be right. The point is, this whole it's thing late. is. <laughs> yeah. And I could and be we wrong. We spent
2: several hours trying to figure out how to get the technological <laughs>
0: yeah. things
2: back up and running.
0: Yeah, well, we kept unplugging it and plugging in, and that wasn't working. Yeah, turn it off. <laughs> turn turn Unpl- it on. <laughs> <laughs> Unplug it. Look at it. Give it twenty. Count to twenty. Roll <sighs> uh, into <him> it. <laughs> Slap it on your
2: phone. Yeah, thumb. come on.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Slap it out. Come on.
2: Put it in. Get your remote and hold it in there. And Let me ask out. you, obviously that's a universal thing for video games. I think
0: that's over, this is for people over 35 or 30 because yeah. uh, cartridges went out with, um, what was it? The uh, I guess the 60, N64 was the last cartridge. That was a big thing too at the time That uh, I because I read a book on this that they were saying that. Set, set Nintendo back a little bit because in the 90s, everybody was going to disc format. Yeah. And Nintendo, you know, batting down the hatch and said, we're going one more and they put 64 out one more thing. Yeah, <laughs> One more time <laughs> with the cartridges. <laughs> one last. <Yeah>. One last. <laughs> <heist. Tata> Dad needs, <laughs> needs a new <laughs> pair of shoes with your funky ass. <laughs> Come on. Snake out. Ow. Oh, back to a little joke. Well, here's my my question. is because you, know, ah, you had the
2: Atari and you had the... Police ah, Ovi, all kinds NES of... stuff. and yeah. all this stuff. So it was, it was universally Sega. everybody... Blew into the bottom of it. The cartridge. Yeah. And slapped it up against their leg if they couldn't get it to play the right. The video game. Yeah, yeah. Now, this is pre-internet. Yes. So it wasn't like we were Googling. My computer, my cartridge isn't working. Yeah, so how do I know? Yeah. How, how did
0: we Google. all know to do this? Was it the uh, Nintendo, um, those, remember those game guides? What do you call those? Nintendo Bonit Power? Power I don't, I don't, Nintendo Power <laughs> Magazine, was it? I, was it? I doubt Nintendo was advising you to People do that. People to do that. Or maybe but, the
2: stores, but somehow it was something a collective. We were we were Borg. <laughs> <laughs> we all realized. We all tra- <laughs> our child minds, put out this
0: information to the collective <laughs> of children <laughs> all Resistance over the is world. is futile. <laughs> we must be able to, to do. It. Yeah, I wonder because you know at the same time, you had the video stores going full stream, and they were. The, remember. You'd have the option if the video store was crazy. You can rent a VCR. You can rent a you know a video game player. You can rent something. Yeah, so maybe yeah. that was part of their steps. If it doesn't work, you know, I I feel like we had to have because we all kind of knew what to do. I mean, but it wasn't like we sat there and like looked up at the stars and was like, you know what, I think we should do. We should <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe they're told maybe us. they're logical steps to take, or maybe it was um something that was a holdover from the Atari get days. We for all we know, we could have been doing that with our old uh you know. We're trying to get like uh, Atari, like uh, you know, one of those games to work. I'm just
2: saying, at some point, tank.
0: We all figured out that that's what we were supposed to do. And then you turn it on, it wouldn't click. Remember with the Atari, it wouldn't click, and it would yeah. make a weird screen. Turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> Before it blows the TV. <laughs> turn it back on. <laughs> D, what are you doing? He goes. Or remember with the? I remember with Nintendo. You, if you didn't do it right, it would start flashing. Yeah the light, so it, wouldn't, it would, didn't get like a solid connection. My, like,
2: my, I will say though, I mean, I don't know if I was to hook it up now if it would work as well, but I never really had a problem with Nintendo. I took very good care of my NES and yeah. all the games. I had the cleaner. Of course. And you had like the stick where you clean yeah, out you, the cartridges yeah. and then you could you moisten the... the cleaner cartridges and you stick it in the machine and you kind of wiggle it in there
0: and you hit I, mean, I wonder if that was just all a bunch of BS because all it is really is I think in there is you're just getting um, the, what do you call that stuff rubbing alcohol you're I remember
2: getting, like, when I was living in Portchester post-college yeah, with a bunch of guys uh, summer of Ray, as it's affectionately known by for me and my friends that yeah. live together. Uh, I came home from work, and we all had all our systems up in the attic. I remember right? this. At you guys set rules. it all up, right? And we ca- I came home from work, and this guy Ray, who moved in for the summer, set everything up Jerry on- onto did. his TV. and he
0: daisy chained everything, right? <laughs> he so you have everything. we
2: had like every it was the history of video games <laughs> laid out on the floor on like a five by five. Screen square on the rook and that's a little overwhelming and we would and we would play all these games and it was like my genesis and my nes and somebody else's super nintendo and this that and uh, you know ps1 and all this shit and but everybody in that house was always amazed that you could just put the nintendo cartridge into my nes and would push play. it down and put it on, and it would go on. There was no—you didn't need to blow it. You didn't need to smack it. Was that the first time you?
0: Um, oh, I'm sorry. Was that, that the last time you've done it? Like with the, yeah, had, was I that haven't. Fifteen, I, yeah, that twelve was years lot, ago.
2: Yeah, that was bef- That was a year or two before we moved back in together in Yonkers. Yeah, which was o five to o so six. That's the last time I
0: tried it. But then that was the flas- that was the first time I had
2: tried. It, right, it, it had
0: been played for years. Yeah. Well, I had. I still have my Nintendo. I got myself a 64, you know, like around 2001 or so, uh, just because I wanted to play Goldeneye. And I still had my, At- I bought myself an Atari, but anyway, so I tried to hook these up fairly recently in the past five years, and the problem was, the Nintendo worked fine because it's a coaxial hookup. Yeah. Uh, I think the 64 was, it's like, what do you call those, like AV, uh, RCA Yeah, the RCA but then with with the with the atari is you're going in with like the um the adapter from like uh the coaxial to like the screw yeah has like the, like the, the little the, fork the little fork you have to you have to intent where,
2: so where your TV antenna would, yeah, and then I, when goes.
0: I was really little, I remember my dad bought like basically he bought an AB switch, but yeah. back then that f- sucker was, was like steel. It was like <laughs> yeah. I remember, and then it, it, he you mounted it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like it was it was you know, you, and you uh, it looked it looked like he would chrome, like he would polish in that thing, <laughs> yeah. and you had
2: that in your breast pocket. <laughs> yeah, you know, and somebody shot you <laughs> <laughs> the, the reveal at the end of the movie. Oh my god, he has, he has a Nintendo AB <laughs> switch. Slight uh, Yeah, he
0: has a. <laughs> Atari A-B switch. Does it still work? <laughs> and it had a, it had a, what do you call one of those? It just had like a metal rod and the metal rod you just from one side to the other. That's how yeah, our, yeah, our, yeah. you know, and he mounted it on the back of the TV because it was a cabinet model television. So he just fucking drilled that shit, drilled right that right shit and right in the back. Don't and, worry about it.
1: Either. Yeah. <laughs>
0: tube. <laughs> 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 Let the gas out of the tube. <laughs> And I'm like, ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly watching chips is a little more whoa so we had that on there and I remember you know because like Blake said you'd have to hook it up to the antenna or yeah. you couldn't you know it wasn't like you had auxes so you had to like you had to buy so we had an AB switches you switch either from the the, the the antenna you know to get the, the signal or to the to the thing so I tried to hook that up recently on a, a TV and I got an adapter but the problem is is that picture isn't designed for these flat screen yeah you know you have to go forward by three so what i had to do is i still had i talked i brought this up a couple podcasts ago episodes where i had the, the tv vcr combo i still have that so i keep that because it's a tube tv because it's the only thing that the atari will work good on yeah i'm sure there's a way but i'm not a smart man so i'm sure there's a, <laughs> i'm sure there's a way of you know if kids are like well if you just put on a <laughs> coaxial like you know flux capacitor and you can put yeah, it on yeah. and it'll work on your 4k but how can you know what's uh What's the little guy, you know, uh, freaking King Kong going to look like on a four K? You know, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. The, the, the pixelated Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong, yeah, King Kong, Donkey Kong, <laughs> <laughs> little old King Kong. You can't even tell what it is anymore. Yeah, who the hell knows? Uh, so, why did we get on this thing? We we're talking about hooking up, the... oh, blowing cartridges. Blowing so yeah, we were talking about blowing this thing to get this thing to work. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> That's how you get things to work. <laughs> it's a good motivator for yeah, me exactly so um this movie this is from so it's fun that we're doing it's fun that we did that coming to america last week cuz that was like ushering in kind of like the colder season in the northeast and then this year this is
2: we went full balls yeah, out
0: cold yeah it's already there now We're we're in the winter seasons and this takes place in uh minnesota but it's um it's a real fun movie and i remember when this came out back in 1993 and uh it's fun cuz it reunites uh jack uh, Lemon and Walter Matthau together and, and they had, I think this by this time was like the 6th or 7th movie they had done together and they end up doing what uh, 10 movies they stay I believe this was their 5th movie, like they had been in, I think there's
2: movies that they had both been in but this is like the 5th, I think I think the 5th actual
0: Movie that they like they, team up. Yeah, they did the only they did JFK together, but that's the only movie that they appeared in together that they're not on yeah, the screen. Yeah, that's together. what I mean. It Was that and yeah. then
2: there's some other movie where they're in the audience of like the
0: Oscar awards. Oh, it like a, as a joke or something. Yeah, yeah. And then they end up doing ten or so together. So it's funny. T- Co- seeing them and then th- it's I try to remember like the first time there's so many movies and it's clearly we have memories because of this show we talk about all the time of like when was the first time you saw this oh i saw it and then, so i was trying to think about when i first saw this and i think at the time you know this might have came on pay-per-view cuz pay-per-view was big in the in yeah. the early 90s so this is how i might have first saw this when it hit pay-per-view and uh, cuz i remember seeing it quite a bit in that era before it went away and that's probably because we had pay-per-view yeah. you yeah. know so um and then i can't even remember i had to have seen the sequel yeah but i can't remember too much the plot like i remember th- this, the plot points very well of this movie mm-hmm. you know there's a scene we can talk about later on that really you know uh, gets me every time and uh so i was trying to f- try to figure all that out you know and by that time we already knew who jack lemon is we know who walter Matthau is we knew who Burgess meredith is so like all these even kevin pollock at that time was was in every movie under the sun in the 90s. Yeah, he had that I mean, contract that he was had to be in everything. He's in Casino. He's in <laughs> freaking uh, uh, Usual Suspects. I season. think we all
2: saw, at least me, I remember him being on talk shows, obviously promoting these types of things, and he does impressions. He does a great
0: Peter Falk yeah. uh, as Columbo. He does, um, he does some very Christopher Walken. You know? But he kind of went away because for a while he was doing everything. He was in all these movies. It was like Paul Giamatti did that for like a second. And then Paul Giamatti's like, I'm gonna just, you know, yeah. take a pause. But so like I knew everybody coming, even anne Margaret to a certain extent I knew. And then the second sequel is that Sophia Loren, maybe? Yeah.
2: I mean Anna Margaret's in it too. But yeah. Then they add Sophia Loren. I
0: think she takes over what was the bait
2: shop to my recollection and oh. makes it an Italian restaurant.
0: Oh, Ossie Davis's place. Yeah. Oh, that's a good that's a good little <laughs> a little yeah, we should watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: we should have done a double feature,
0: but... We should have done a double feature, especially since we have the double disc, you know, the, if we just took the disc <laughs> over, it's grumpier old men. Um, so, but, I mean, I had seen them, of course, I probably saw a couple of the movie maybe in high school or prior to that. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably one of those things where in school we did, like, a, uh, a month of Neil Simon, maybe, and we maybe read, like, Brighton Beach memoirs or we then in conjunction with reading one of his plays or something, we watched a couple of his movies, and I feel like Odd Couple would have been a movie that they showed in school. Yeah. So I'd known Odd Couple, you know, and then, of course, you know you know Odd Couple, you know the TV show growing up. Yeah. But with with the two of them proper, and then I think after seeing Odd Couple is probably when I went back and, like, saw The Fortune Cookie and... Yeah And saw some of the other movies I didn't see some of
2: the other ones Until more recently Okay Like not in the last couple years But probably in the last 10-15 years Yeah As opposed to Prior to college I mean Odd Couple I'd seen pretty early I'd like to I watch the show all the time in reruns And then I feel like my stepdad Rented the Odd Couple When I was maybe 10 or 11 And we watched it So that one I got introduced to pretty early on, but it wasn't until much later where I watched Fortune Cookie. I think on Turner Classic Movies, yeah, they aired that and I watched it. And um, and then in 1993, this came out. This actually came out earlier than I thought it did. Going when we went into this, for some reason, I felt like it was later.
0: Maybe, like it's maybe
2: it's because the second one is 95, I think.
0: Yeah, 95 or like something. I kind of
2: felt like they were closer to the mid to late 90s.
0: Well, they did a whole. They did, like, Out of the Sea, which I remember, but I don't think I've seen all the way through. Isn't Brett Spiner in that one, too? I feel like he's the maitre d' the that on that boat. That one I've never seen. I've seen The Out Couple, too. I I feel like I've seen unfortunately that. Bad? Not very good. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've seen that. They did about three or and four I think movies. it was written by
2: Neil Simon, too. Yeah, I think
0: I agree with you. But it was then just then, such uh, a. Uh, what is that? That's uh, is that Is forty year difference? Yeah, maybe it's well, ninety eight. Ninety eight to sixty eight, right? So yeah. that's uh, what is that? That's f- 40, year. forty years. Forty no, no, years. Thirty years. years. So I carried a or thirty. One. Year. Thirty years. Yeah, and I'd seen. I would worked at a video store during uh, college, so I saw the front page when that came out on DVD. Yeah, right? you know. Yeah. So I and I've only well, seen I always that always once. Loved
2: his girl Friday. So yeah, that was a.
0: An incentive to... That, yeah, to, yeah. To check
2: that out. So that one I saw. But that was probably not even until college or at, shortly after college when I finally saw that.
0: Yeah. And um, I'd seen... I didn't see all the... I, I feel like I've seen The Odd Couple 2. I know I've seen Grumpier Old Men. I might have saw a little of Out to See. Um,
2: but I was, for some reason in my head, this movie was later. And I think it's partially in my head later because I remember going out to dinner with my dad... And it was around the time that Mask of Zorro came out.
0: The an- Anthony Hopkins, yeah, Antonio Banderas. Ben- Antonio Banderas. Ben- you know, I, full disclosure, I've never seen that movie all the way through.
2: And I think maybe we saw it. Maybe he and I went to go see it at the movie theater. But anyway, we we're sitting there talking, and we were talking about how, and you know, this was a conversation that was you know a long time ago, and so, and so to the to the huge Mask of Zorro fans out there, please don't upset by this this conversation i had with my
0: dad 20 years on
2: <laughs> but uh, we were talking about how ridiculous the casting of anthony hopkins was
0: as zorro i remember you telling me this this is how see how f- funny how stories <laughs> get recycled because he's supposed to be the leader who trains the Antonio. yeah he's like the original zorro i haven't seen this that movie since the theater and you're mad because you, they should have casted george hamilton no,
2: well, Who's he, the would, original he would have been better. But we were like, the well, who could you cast as the old guy? We were thinking at that point, he was old, but maybe Tony Quinn Yeah, he would have been yeah, an Anthony interesting choice. Great. And so we were talking, and then somehow it came up... And I said as a joke, and to this day, I can say it to my dad, and he'll remember that story, and we'll laugh about it. I said, Grumpy Old Zoros. <laughs> and, guys, and it was this idea of having like, Walter Matthau and Jack He's Levin, coming <laughs> be, be the old Zorro. And so Grumpy Old Zoros is this joke that I have with my dad now, 20 years later or whatever. And, uh, and so in my head, it's closer to Zorro's premiere which was like 97, 98, I yeah. think. And with this idea of grumpy old Zoros, so it it's like, is connected
0: to this movie in my head. It's a great idea to have the two of them battling. It's, a, it's kind of like a, um, what's that name of the freshman? You can do it like that, where it's like the two of them are the ex zoros and they're trying to get the guy, help the guy to get the girl. So it's like a Cyrano that <laughs> kind of, a, <laughs> and he's like, come on.
2: <laughs> now, a couple years ago, maybe five years ago, uh, the, this and the second one were on maybe HBO On Demand or On Demand or f- on Netflix or something, and there was a weekend where, because I don't think I had seen either. I think I saw the first, I think I saw Grumpy Old Men in the theater, oddly enough. Yeah. Must have gone with my parents. With I can't remember if it was with my mom and my stepdad or my dad. But I feel like I saw the first one in the theater and then rented the second one, but I hadn't seen them since those first viewings. And about five years ago or so, they were on TV. They were on demand. And I was like, you know what? I have a weekend. There's nothing to watch. Yeah. I'm going to watch. I'm going to do a double feature. And I did it. And I feel like I told you after. Maybe it was maybe it was less than five years ago because I feel like after I watched them, I thought I texted you and said we should do these on the we should do one of these on the show at some point. Well,
0: I remember you telling me that because I didn't remember. So it must have been
2: less than five years ago because the show hasn't been around.
0: (laughs) Well, you brought up about um, it being you know at some point it hits Thanksgiving. Yeah, and that well, was then, a couple years yeah, ago. We were thinking then, about like, hey, you know, we can maybe do it around Thanksgiving. But then I and I had a memory that it had a, uh, of course, that it's all snow. But I thought it had Christmas something in there.
2: It was Christmas at the end for sure. Yeah, because that's when uh, the, do-
0: the Daryl Hannah Han and her husband come. Yeah, for Christmas, Christmas Eve, and there's little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Kevin
2: Paul comes over with the broccoli.
0: Yeah. Um. So I remember that. I haven't seen. Again, I don't remember the sequel. Uh, very, but I bet you it's one of those ones where if I sit down and watch yeah, it, I think they'll
2: come back to you as you watch. I
0: it. had forgotten; I thought it was Sophie Loren in the in the in this one. I forgot it was Anne Margaret in the. You know, I forgot who the girl was. So then, I guess that's it. Makes sense to to having her be the sultry one, and then now that you said that, she turns the beach shop into an Italian. That's place, my that, recollection. That, that, I think that, that you're right. You know, and then they're like going, yeah. I think that's the whole kind of shtick. Uh, I
2: think that was probably Burgess Meredith's last movie.
0: Yeah, he does a un, he does a, a voiceover work in. um As the narrator in the what is that? In GI Joe the movie. In GI Joe the movie. No, 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 (laughs) in the Legend of uh, Vagabonds. Uh, you know that you know like yeah, golf yeah. movie with Tim with uh, b- 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 Tim Conway. Tim Tom Conway as Bork or Dork, Dork. Dorf's Dork, Dork golfing Come yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. Hello dear>. on, <laughs> We're gonna go golf in here. <laughs> yeah, Burgess Meredith didn't know of his why, life. I don't know he was doing Tim, like I don't know why Tim Conway popped he was, into my. Head. He was doing a lot of weird. He was doing he was doing Super Dave. Remember Super Dave? He was doing a lot of that. No, I'm kidding. This is all a lie. But he did. He was the narrator for the Legend of Bagger Vance, which is like 2001 or so, like that. I mean Burgess Meredith. We've so uh, let's see. We've had Walter Matha already sleep over like, early, like six months this ago. This year, yeah. or less than six months ago, we did it's the take the one two three.
2: So you know, we went. The show. are in our we're into our fourth year. Into Maybe our fifth year of the show.
0: 2014. So that means we're in our fifth year, technically, because we're going now. So into, we're in our fifth year. Yeah.
2: And we hadn't done a John Landis movie. We hadn't done an Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. No, we. Yeah. And then we hadn't done a Walter Matthau movie. But now we did Blues Brothers and Coming to America, two John Landis movies this year, and now two Walter Matthau movies. Yeah.
0: And this is now our. So we have Walter Matthau. This is his second appearance. Jack Lemmon. I think this might be his first appearance, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then this is this makes uh, Burgess Meredith's fifth appearance on our podcast because fifth. he we did we, rocky we did rocky G. one gi joe the movie two state of grace three oh, yeah. uh, oh, uh this is four and there is a fifth one that we did too which i can't remember for the life of me now um that he had a little cameo in and i was like oh oh santa claus the movie Oh yeah, he plays Father Christmas that 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 renews the thing. So this is the fifth. So so he's starting to you know hit over John Carpenter as trying to be the most. (laughs) (laughs) He's getting up there. Yeah, and you know what? I would there's there's a whole bunch of other movies that he's in. Like uh, you know, you and I are both fans of Burnt Offerings. Yeah, Uh, I would love to do at some point Batman sixty six, the movie version of that. You know, on here. You know, so it's like he's got and he's got a couple other really good things in his catalog. Uh, but to think he so he's been on five times. Class of Twilight Zone episode, as well as he's the narrator for the. And we just talked. That's a hit back to last week. Oh, he's he narrates the first one, uh, the movie. The movie, yeah. yeah. He he plays the Rod Serling part. and He narrates all the uh, because he ties on the old uh, Twilight Zone show. He ties with I think Jack Klugman. Uh, Burgess Meredith has four appearances in the Twilight Zone series, uh, different episodes, and so does Jack Klugman. So then, when they got Burgess Meredith to, to narrate the 1982, I think it is, uh, theatrical movie, which I said the That's live right, action movie. I completely
2: movie. forgot about that until you mentioned it, and then I could hear it.
0: Yeah. Submitted for your approval. <laughs> I can't do it. I uh, Burgess this. Mer- quack, quack, it for <laughs> your approval. <laughs> P. N. Gwynn. So he's been on. And then, and in all these guys, it's, it's like, I, I you know, it's weird. I always, I always start stuff off. It's weird. Yeah, I do uh, the same thing. We're getting older now. And I'm I'm not telling myself we're getting older. My body's telling me we're getting older. I can't drink like I used to. I can't fuck like I used to. <laughs> i can't, I can't. I kid. I I can't I, 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 I go <laughs> <get> home. I go home. I can't Carlito. Yeah.
2: I was um, gonna say we didn't say Carlito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people would get there?
0: It wasn't even done. <that>. I can't hop, <laughs> I can't fuck, Carlito. So uh my point is <laughs> is that uh, where I work at my day job late. Yeah, late. it was very late. Where I work in my day job, I get an influx of young people coming in as interns and script runners and stuff. So I keep talking it's like I the joke used to be like, you know, the the, the, the you know, uh, every year we get a batch of new like college girls and we get older. Yeah, you know, yeah. they they stay the same age and we keep getting older. So it's, I'm talking to these young people and it's like people who now I'm I'm friendly with. I've been friends with for a couple of years. I know a girl who's twenty five, I won't mention her name. And when Burt Reynolds died, she didn't know who Burt Reynolds was. And it's like you start mining these people and it goes back kind of to like last week's episode of you on Coming to America. Will people see these kind of movies? Will white audiences see black movies or anything? And it's like now I feel like there is a big discrepancy of, of history of with younger people now because they're growing up in the era of internet, yeah, in the era of sc- streaming and options. They don't need to learn this stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that our generation may be people slightly younger than us like maybe the cutoff is like 35 unless you're like we are we're old souls so we like old stuff yeah but there's people like when we were growing up you if you didn't know lo- you didn't like them you still would know who Jack M- Lemon is you still knew sure. who Walter Matthau is. Well,
2: yeah we've talked about this with uh, like Grease yeah the, the kinds of movies that take or the probably even the things like the blob remake things where that are remakes of things in the 50s and we've talked about how for some reason our generation has a tie to those decades passed in a way that we presume or assume that the youth of today doesn't have that. Yeah. You know, like we grew up knowing who like Chuck Berry and Chubby Checker were. Yeah. Well, it was <laughs> and, like spoon fed to us. And knowing, so it like the, and
0: knowing us. the music and. Was, all the shows are on syndication. And and then, you know, you've only got about 10 channels or how many channels you have. So it's like, I, it goes back to that bigger, Argument of that, you know, be, because you had less options back then. You're gonna know who, yeah. who everybody is. We was a ca- We were a captive audience for everything for movies, and television. So in music. a weird way,
2: uh, yeah, you're right. We were kind of force fed things, or that was what was there. So for we a lack watched of a better it. term, yeah. In in, and, and so it's it's a weird thing because now they have. Maybe it's just. Uh, uh, lack of limitation. Yeah, they have a freedom you know, to, now. They, they can watch m- whatever the hell they want. They can want. watch whatever they want. In whatever so, language, in what other country. Even though they can, if they chose to, be, you know, educated in the entertainment of our youth and the youth of our parents the yeah. way we were. They just, maybe doesn't occur to them to well, do th- so. Well, th-
0: there's two things there. There's the, there's the, there there's the fact that they're not educated for the most part um, in Stuff like this, and then there's and this is not a hit on them, but there's no uh motivation to go yeah. learn about stuff like people don't know who um, you know it's and it's weird because it's like and I could see yeah I'm sure you could say the same thing like when we were little, do we know who Lawrence Welk was or Kay Kaiser? if you start getting niche guys like Ray Noble or you know people f- prior to rock and roll in the era of you know getting out of the 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 i mean basically because with the jazz movement and all that kind of stuff, that kind of pushed all the folk you know all that that whatever the the music was prior to you know the the 19th 20th century that was the biggest thing until like jazz kind of hit yeah, in the teens yeah. and 20s so then so so a lot of us don't remember like you know Scott Joplin or you know these people who sure. these we would know some of the songs Yeah, we but we may know. not we just know, don't know who,
2: the, who did it you
0: know or then at the but era the, the da, 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 <laughs> yeah, you know, you know? No, it's like you know, it's like our harry james like there's people that now as you you know we may not know them so I wonder. I mean, we know them, but as a kid, we wouldn't. Know yeah, stuff. or or some people our age might not even know some of these people now. But it's only because we have an affinity for maybe this kind of music that lends itself to that kind of you know. I'm using that as an example to show like so now these these people so maybe that could be an excuse why they don't look back and they don't know. But stuff of this is fairly recent where it's like this is only 20 years ago. So I just feel like maybe there's so much content out there that you're not. Carrying, you know, the music nowadays. There's so much music out there. You don't need to go back. I mean, classic rock. It's like now they're playing like, like Red Hot Chili Peppers. i I'm cla- like, is <laughs> <on like it's, laughs> yeah, yeah. Red Hot Chili Peppers? I guess technically it is classic rock yeah. because in, in the '80s and '90s when I'm listening to like classic rock, they're playing The Doors. That's only f- 20 15 years old if you think about it. So, yeah. so it's it's such a I weird would, time. I mean, at least
2: I did. I, I think. I think, you you know, you did too, and I think most people our age also, but even had a tie to things like silent comedies and silent movies in a way. I remember, you know, obviously we... Well, you know, because it was you being had cooked in Lauren the Lauren Hardy,
0: I mean, was, you know, the... Well, you had the Three Stooges cartoon show, and that yeah. was past their debt. You had Lauren Hardy coming up on Scooby-Doo. There was also this show
2: that would be on so early on Saturday mornings, and... Oh, why we get up so early at my grandmother's house because my grandparents got up at like they got up at like three o'clock in yeah the they morning. got up with the birds
0: because yeah. <laughs> I realized you know we don't sleep much you know we're at the twilight of and, our year uh,
2: there used to be this show on at least in Philadelphia I don't know I don't remember the name of the show or anything but it was something like it took place in a newspaper a newspaper press office and it was kids and
0: then there was a segment in the show
2: that they would play a sh- uh a silent short
0: is it the one where you're talking about like the one where they would put on not kids incorporated but there used to be a show i was fascinated with that it was like it was kind of like a bugsy malone was all kids but they would put on a tv um they were like a tv station maybe was that in my head it was a newspaper but it could have been a tv station and then they were like so like the 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 behind-the-scenes was all kids producing it, and then you'd have, like, two kid anchors. I just remember there's, like, visuals. Yeah, so you're saying, so they would go to, like, these At segments. At some
2: point in the show, there would be always be a segment where they would show a silent uh, show. And
0: it's probably because they, it, they was, were in public domain, so like, <laughs> yeah. okay,
2: we can get that footage. So, it's like, so it would
0: be, like, uh, what's-his-face, uh, Lloyd hanging off, yeah. you know, the clock. Some or, the,
2: sometimes the big ones, sometimes, you know, lesser-known stuff. There's always- uh, Fatty Arbuckle, <laughs> and so like that—that's where kind of my fascination with silent comedy kind of started, just because of this exposure to it. On this show that used to be on, yeah. you know, at four, five and that o'clock goes, in the morning, because then head. Blake
0: and then when we were in college, his junior film, you did an homage to like Buster yeah, Keaton I mean, you comedy. Obsessed with Buster Keaton. Yeah, so you did like a and... your own silent movie, yeah. uh, purposefully, so you know, to, to, to as an homage to that, that to that but comedy. I guess
2: it really is just all exposure.
0: But I wonder if it was cooked in the books too, because are the people who were making that programming was of the age of that was still their era. Yeah. But that's odd because in our era, like it's, you know, it's like the other day I was walking down the road and I saw that supposed, I guess now like the eighties is like when we were in high school and in the early odds, the seventies was in fashion. Yeah. Now the eighties is in fashion. So I rolled my eyes and I was like, oh my God, if a couple of years, the nineties is going to come back, I'm going to just, I'm going to kill myself. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just like, you know, with the, with the parachute pants and all those crazy colors, you know, it's yeah. like, we're we already there that we're going to now be, you know, uh, missing the '90s and then the odds—it's like. So I don't know if, if it's just you know. And also, there's 50 percent of people our age who I could say probably wouldn't know who these people are either. And you know, we have an educated audience that listens to us, and people are here because they like this kind of thing to begin with. They didn't just happen by the radio dial art podcast. So. Well, I was reading. So there's, I'm, you know, like you say, there's people like my old roommate, my good friend from growing up that you lived with for a short period of time too, Mike Stratton, who he's not in the movie. He likes movies, yeah, but he's he more into sports. he's not a movies guy, yeah. You know, he's in the sport. He's a, he's a math guy in his head, and, you know, he's he was an accountant. He worked for, like, uh, you know, Wall Street or whatever. So it's like, you know, he likes sports and stuff, but he wasn't, you know, so I'm sure there's a segment of people out there that are our age and don't even know this stuff either. But
2: yeah. they may know
0: the crap out of football, baseball, hockey, uh, rugby. Yeah. I was reading, I was looking to see,
2: <clears throat> I realized I didn't have Psycho on
0: Blu-ray. The Gus Van Zandt version.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had it on as part of a box set on DVD. Yeah. like a big souped up Hitchcock thing, but I, I didn't have it on Blu-ray. And uh, so I was reading the reviews of w- like which one should I get, and I was on Amazon, and I was reading the reviews, and there was all these reviews from people that were like uh it's okay for an old movie seriously yeah i just bought it because i wanted to have it in my collection of horror movies but you know and there was all this stuff about it being this old movie and how it's okay for an old movie and i was like what <laughs> well that's this psycho's a perfect example and i will retell the story whenever we get a back to psycho but i remember i saw my first viewing of psycho i was I was probably... Uh, I don't know. I was little. But I probably wasn't younger than 10. I yeah. would guess I was between maybe 9 to 12-ish. And I was at my grandmother's house, and I would watch... They lived in the basement because my grandfather had a stroke, so he couldn't go up the stairs. So um, they kind of made the basement so that it was made over. There was even a kitchen in the basement. It was like in a th- the th- almost almost like two <laughs> b- units. Yeah. Uh, and so they kind of just lived in the basement. <clears> there was <throat> this me. whole upstairs that we never went to. Yeah. Sometimes when we my brother would sleep over. He would sleep upstairs. This is where the
0: doll room was, that was my
2: grandfather's house had clowns. Hmm. <laughs> had a room of clowns, <laughs> oh. which my brother says isn't true, but that's my recollection oh. That's a whole other story for another yeah. time. Okay. That's yeah. for when we That's the poltergeist. That's where we do poltergeists are hit. Yeah. Um and So they would be watching the news, and I'd be sitting in the kitchen in the basement watching something on a screen that was- Yeah, it's like three, three inches. It's like watching <laughs> it on your- uh, On
0: your phone. Yeah.
2: You know, one of those old TVs you got to dial it in.
0: Yeah. It has a radio, FM yeah. radio, and a screen. I saw that the other day. I was watching a movie, and it was, it was they were in a hotel, an old movie, and it was like they had the radio on. I was like, honey, see- the TVs used to be radios in the hotel room, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> fa- fascinating. And it was on PBS.
2: <clears throat> yeah. It was in Philadelphia, so it was channel twelve. Yeah. Because in Philadelphia they don't say PBS. Yeah. they go, like, oh, it's on channel twelve. Yeah. It's how us in Connecticut was channel thirteen. Yeah. So yeah. um and it was on and it was just starting. And there was and I'm watching on this tiny little screen and for some reason I felt that this was an important viewing.
0: You knew that I guess yeah. maybe
2: I had heard it. It was black and white. There was something about it that was like I can't watch it on this tiny little screen. Yeah. Now I was a little kid and I was afraid to go up into the upstairs by myself. I don't know why. It was just creepy, it was like old furniture. Felt like it was hermetically sealed. It wasn't
0: used. Nobody yet, right? had it on the, yeah.
2: the couch. It was like nobody had ever sat on it before. The shadows it was moved. was a beautiful couch <laughs> from, like, 1955, yeah. and there was no plastic cover on it. It was, it was just perfectly, the rug wasn't all worn because nobody walked around yeah, up there. it
0: looked brand new. Looked just vacuumed. And there was an
2: old TV, and you'd have to turn it on and then wait, like, 10 minutes. Yeah, Is wait it for like, it to warm up. As the a war. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a little console on the floor with knobs where you could turn it, and it would change. It would turn the arrow on the ceiling. Oh, on
0: wow. On the roof. To, to, yeah, what direction you want. That's a, they, <clears throat> they dropped some money back then, then. <clears throat> to get that option with the antenna. So I ran upstairs. I feel like I need to
2: watch this, even though I'm afraid to go upstairs yeah. at night. Yeah, I'm going to go upstairs and watch
0: a horror movie. Yeah,
2: I turn on the TV.
0: It was at nighttime? Yeah. okay. And then I
2: run back downstairs because I got to wait for the TV to warm up and I didn't want to miss any of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> What's Blake
0: doing? Don't worry. Let him have his fun. <laughs> and
2: then I went up and I watched like. But this was like that kind of age. age. And it was blew my mind. And here, it's depressing to read reviews on Amazon. So I went up and I watched Psycho by myself. Yeah. and my grandson. Did you love it? I It, it was certainly memorable. Yeah. And it certainly made a huge impact on me. It's weird. I, I wonder then. So it's depressing to be like, at 10, I realized that this was important. I, then to read a, a customer review on Amazon. I was like, eh, <clears throat> I don't normally
0: watch old movies, but it was okay. I wonder. There's an air of pompousness like to like younger people, and I don't know if they even know like that, like you know, like the know it all kind of a thing. Oh, it, sure. And well, this goes. This transcends just entertainment. It goes anything. You yeah. know, you could talk about well, politics, yeah, religion, you knew, life. You knew you know? me in my youth, so I did.
2: Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> I came a long way. <laughs> you, you have. When I hit thirty, yeah. I realized like, I'm you know still what? friends with I you. I don't. I don't know anything. Uh, I
0: thought but, I knew everything, but it's so I. But I feel like more. You know, this this generation. It's it's a lot of that, like you know, the the, the uh, we don't need to watch that, and and that I see that a lot of with older, I mean older movies to these people are like prior to nineteen ninety <laughs> or two thousand, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's that's a crazy.
2: Club, I don't watch old
0: movies. Yeah, you know, or, or and then like you're saying, if God forbid, it's black and white, you know, it won't even be entertained. And then so it's weird to see people nowadays, like you're saying, that are of the age to think of writing these things. Then they're going on, and they're now just like. Salting up the comment sections of a uh, of movies because they don't like it because of whatever reason, yeah. you know, uh, it, it wasn't good because it's black and white or it, it's well, yeah, well, it's hey good man, for an old movie. And you're like, what the hell? You? So like this, I don't even know if a grumpy old man would hold anybody's interest. And that's in the nineties. Yeah, yeah.
2: I even to mention something like Fortune Cookie or The Odd Couple.
0: Oh Jesus, yeah, going back to the sixties. Yeah,
2: you know, I watched The Odd Couple not too long ago. It was on Turner Classic. Yeah. I turned it on and. It was not at the beginning, but it was, you know, maybe a third. I ending. couldn't tell you last time I've seen that. And I sat and I watched it, and that shit is th- them together. Oh, they're great. It's magic. Yeah. And it's crazy to think that, you know, that was based on a
0: play. On a couple.
2: And Walter Matthau was in the play. With Art Carney. But Art Carney played Felix. And I don't know
0: the, I have Art Carney's bio, and I want to read it. And I I don't know if it was something, because he, he struggled with alcoholism. Into the 60 His whole life I think But then When he did um, Harry and Tonto In the early 70s That he got an Academy Award for I think that's when It came out He said I'm an alcoholic Art Carney So that might have Contributed to why He didn't then go And do four years Because I think The play is 65 On Broadway um, Odd Couple And then they make The movie in 68 But they bring Jack Lemmon in Which is Yeah Yeah. Which is
2: interesting And they had made Fortune Cookie together At that point I don't know (laughs) I don't
0: know That that's why
2: They brought him in Or if it was just I don't know why Jack Lemon ends up. They yeah. cast Jack. Yeah, Lemmon. they'd be paired up with him. But the fact, it's just it's, you know, like anything, a collaboration. I'm sure it's this way in some kind of business collab- collaboration too. I'm not in that. I'm not in business, so <coughs> I, I so I can't speak to that. But as a musician um as someone who has who you know loves and is obses- as obsessed with cinema who's <clears throat> made short films who's casted actors uh you know and stuff like that it's there's something beautiful about chemistry between people.
0: Well, we just talked about your senior, your junior film. I remember being on set at your junior film because um, we all worked on our, uh, each other's films and your cast had such a chemistry. Yeah. I said to myself there, shit, I'm just going to write myself <laughs> yeah, a yeah. movie. To be my senior film and write it for this, ca- and that's what I did. Yeah. I knew essentially who I wanted because I didn't want to have to go through that whole process of, you know, auditioning. I and mean, we did it anyway, we had to go through the motions. But yeah, I liked the chemistry that our actors had on those. We just had
2: we got lucky with a good group of people. Yeah, for my junior film, that they all came in. I mean, yeah. part of reason there was part there was a lot of reasons why I cast them. Obviously, I thought they would be great in the parts, but it was also that I. When we met Kevin, who came in, who's, who's the star of my junior film and then one of the one of the leads in Dion's senior film, he came in and I just was like, you know what? I want to this is going to be hard. It's going to take a long time. And this is someone that I w- wouldn't mind doing it with yeah you know like i want this to be a fun experience and he seems like he's going to be a good time well it's all about too to, yeah his, to, how his you know how you, how you don't want to you don't want to be with jerk yeah you, know, you want to be with someone who you can have fun making a movie with
0: and i remember his audition yeah. the, you know, Me, you and aaron you know because we had to go we had to hire out we're getting down a road but and,
2: but, but that also comes with that's also part of personal chemistry you know like you kind of there's some <clears> certain people that you create a a, a rapport with instantly yeah. And those are the kinds of people that you end up becoming friends with, you know, because it, the, there's no effort. Yeah. And so the fact that, uh, you know, and there's a lot of great
0: comedy duos. You know, but that's the fun thing, too, is when you meet somebody and there is no effort. You yeah. mean you know, after a day or two, you get excited because you feel like you've known them for 20 years. You yeah. Know what I mean, I've experienced that with you and, you know, other people where it's just instantly you, you you connect with somebody and it's like, and it's fun.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, not to like toot our own horn, but, you know, mo- a lot, we get a lot of reviews or comments or if you read reviews of this show, Saturday Night Movie Sleepers on iTunes, a lot of people comment on what they like about the show is us together. Yeah. You know, we, part of that is, you know, Having been friends, uh, you know, uh, very close friends for the last twenty years, but that closeness of, you know, that friendship doesn't last that long if it wasn't for this kind of chemistry or rapport that we just have with each yeah, other.
0: Yeah, an similar interests and
2: and uh, and so you know, you get obviously you get Bob Hope and and Crosby and and of course you get a lot of the comedic stand-up duos like uh, Abbott and Costello, which I think we talk a little bit about probably in the Frankenstein cast yeah. and, and in previous casts and Martin For sure. <laughs> L- 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 <laughs> Yeah, This came
0: up before, yeah.
2: last time, because we were talking about Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall, yeah.
0: You know. But you get these pairings. In um, which we, we brought up, I think we brought up maybe... Either a week or two ago It might have been on the Coming to America cast Because we were talking about I was saying how It's sad that these th- That kind of comedy Of the, uh, the 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 duo The partners Is kind yeah. of on the wayside You don't see people Like all Nowadays it's kind of You don't see really I mean you do see Sketch comedy still In improv But it's You don't It's when you have a distilled You only have one guy Doing stand up You you, yeah. you don't really See sticks sh- You yeah. know Even Sometimes even, you'll
2: get There's, like, there's like, I think I T- twins, yeah, that do an act together. I can't remember their names,
0: unfortunately. But it's rare that you, you're right. It's rare that that happens nowadays. Yeah, you know, we're back in the day. I think it was because everybody needed to work. When you're on a circuit like vaudeville, hey, you have an act, we have an act. Let's put our act together, or oh, we work good together. We're friends, and then that helps you for a common yeah. goal. And it's funny. One guy's a straight man. One guy's the uh, the uh, the crux of the joke. Which is here, it's interesting that which is debatable who. Who is who? I guess you could say Jack Lemon is the straight man. Yeah, well, this Walter is a very is the... different.
2: Their dynamic is very different. Well, they're not comedians. It's like they're, they're actors that have a talent for comic performance. That's
0: that's a very good point too. You, they're, they're not coming. They're not coming to age. uh, They're not a duo that is known for doing comedies per se. I mean, we talked about Walter Matthau. He does get comedic in his later half of his career, but certainly up until the mid-70s, a lot of the majority of his stuff was doing was straight stuff. He would do the occasional Black Edwards, or, like we said, the... Uh, Neil Simon stuff uh, Same thing with Jack Lemmon Jack Lemmon would do All straight roles Aside from the occasional You know he's an occasional Like the was it Bell Book and Candle Or, or the, the apartment Might be a little comedic uh, So that It's interesting Them coming together Like that yeah. And then having a, 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 I guess all this Is just a
2: long way around It's saying like Capturing light in, lightning In a bottle You know what I yeah. mean Like and how the, good The two of the the them are The fact that they would Both exist Be acting Be of the same Be of a similar age Be working together, you know. Probably, if you go through the history of cinema and you picked the non like vaudeville style stage acts that made their way into movies, yeah, like Abna Costello or or Martin Lewis. But if you take just the actors. That got teamed up and then became that and and, and did magic together on on
0: screen. Bob Hope and a Bing Crosby and the Road to.
2: You probably could count really the great ones on one hand. Yeah, I agree with you. Certainly not too much. Probably not a full ten. you know, there's not. You know, there's Harold and Kumar, of course. Yeah, of course, (laughs) of course. (laughs) By the way, I actually love Harold (laughs) Harold Kumar movie, but you know, in terms of. That connection of actors that then could transcend the characters they played in one movie and have that chemistry, that relationship work
0: in 10 movies Well, together. if you take the Row 2 movies where it's like the two of them. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're the al- uh,
2: Hope and Crosby are the only other ones that come instantly to mind. I'm sure if we really sat down and we thought about it, we could come up with more people. But those are the only other two that instantly come to mind that I would think – to add to that
0: list. I've been um, a big fan the past ten years or so of Jack Benny and Jack Benny and uh, George Burns were best friends in real life, and they had their own separate shows. That uh, Burns and Allen had a show. Him and his wife. Well, yeah, Gracie but they Allen were stage actors. Jack Benny. Yeah, you well, know, well, Burns and Burns and Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
2: they, they're, they're. I mean, obviously, they're husband and wife. And they're amazing. A, yeah,
0: I mean, both of us are a fan of
2: that show. and then, <laughs> Their and then, show together. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but that's an example of these guys were coming from stage.
0: Yeah, and they're going in, so you have – and then their best – Jack Benny's best friends are George Burns, and then their wives are best friends. And they're an example. I think you could team up together and to the point where, you know, who's the straight man and who's the comedian there. Sure. And then what's sad is we can bring up later on is that when you have the Sunshine Boys come in 1974 or 5 – it's George Burns. It was supposed to be Jack Benny, but Jack Benny dies the year before. He dies at Christmas time, yeah. so they quickly replace him with Walter Matthau. And it, that movie's a classic, but it's, it feels odd to me because Walter Matthau to me is not of that generation. They kind of make him look a little older, yeah. but he's not to me an equivalent of being George. Bur- George Burns is already George Burns is already in his seventies or eighties at that point. Yeah. Walter Matthau is I don't know what fifty or so. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so it's hard to have that. And I would love to have seen what that movie would have been like if Jack Benny had lived and they had the two. And because it's a, it's a, that's an example here of what we're saying. Even though they're both known as comedians, they didn't really work together so yeah. much. But when they work together, it's freaking hilarious. And those are the situations. If you ever watch their shows, uh, those are the where they cut up the most. It's like watching Tim Conway and Harry uh, Corman together. Yeah, yeah. You know where they, you're not supposed to laugh, but these guys make each other laugh so much. You know, so it's when you have two actors like these guys, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, who aren't necessarily comedians, they do good comedy, but they come together and then they do these amazing... Well, you know, we you were know, just talking
2: about Gene Wilder and
0: uh, Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor and yeah. Like, that's a, a great... And that's another great example. You're right. Of them... They, you know, they've, they've both done comedies on their own. They've done serious movies. But then when you have them together, they did a series of, what, four or five movies together. Yeah. Um, you it's know. A
2: certain magic and it's a beautiful thing to watch and <clears throat> it's a beautiful thing you know i you know aside aside from friendship but in terms of actually creating art being a musician there's something about when i you know playing with somebody for the first time or there's just there's something magical to be on the other end of it of yeah. being part you know s- experiencing the like chemistry and you know I, I had a when I first started playing live in New York City I had another band where I wasn't the lead singer and for some reason he played guitar and I played guitar and even though it was my band he was kind of the lead he was the lead singer but I don't know. Just for some reason, I never had as much fun playing guitar with anybody as I did him. And so when that when he when the that be- version of the band kind of broke up and he left the band, it was kind of depressing because yeah. I knew like it was not going to be easy to find somebody that, that just has that kind of instant. You know rapport. It's weird. Chemistry together.
0: You see there. That's that's an example there of, a, of of that was a professional relationship. You met him because you Through were Craig's, looking at Craigslist. Well, I the, needed a singer. and yeah. he said so, he came in an audition. And a lot and I of had the, fun
2: playing guitar with him, and he was a good singer too.
0: And so that's why he got the job. Yeah. So it, a lot of you take go back eighty years. A lot of these people were put not not. Uh, Th- these two here, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon. But a lot of the other people we've been citing were put together for that reason. They're yeah. on a circuit. They need somebody to fill a thing. And then they're like, you know, oh, you, you're good. Do you have a rapport. And, and they're put together for a business reason to be funny together. Yeah, and then yeah. they become this iconic duo. That's what happened with Evan um, Costello. I mean, the Three Stooges had, uh, what's his face? Ted Healy first. He was the straight man. And they like, we don't need this guy who's yeah, abusive yeah. and a drunk, and we can do it ourselves. And it, it's weird. You have the, There's another... A duo which I just started getting into, which I love called Wheeler and Woolsey and um, they're from the 30s they did like a whole bunch of films and one of the guys looks exactly like um, George Burns yeah. even with the glasses he has a cigar what I like about their, their comedy um, th- these guys uh, Wheeler and Woolsey is they're not uh, making fun of each other it's not like um and that doesn't bother me but like I like the idea of they're not trying to get over like you know it's funny that's an angle that's makes the Bob Hope and Bing Crosby movies funny is that yeah. as much as they're friends they're always trying to pull one over on the other person or get the girl or they're playing the patty cake gang yeah, or yeah. selling one guy into slavery you know to get out of the situation where I like the the the, the Wheeler and Woolsey where it's this they're both trying to there's no like kind of uh you know one trying to get Better the other competition. person, yeah. You know, and you get that a lot sometimes, especially with Adam Costello, or Abbott's and sometimes it man. just doesn't work. You know, they get yeah. together Buster
2: Keaton and uh, uh,
0: what's his name? Who, not Fatty Arbuckle, no, no, the younger guy. Uh, ach-a-cha-cha. what, what's he got? Well, the nose. Oh, Jimmy Durante, Durante, yeah. F- Fostede,
2: a yeah, snowman. Yeah, an instance the where fuck? they Jimmy made Riders a shitload of movies together. Being uh, uh Buster Keaton and uh, Jimmy Durante. Yeah, during the talkies. When, okay. Uh, when Buster Keaton went to talkies, and they, they just got teamed up. Well, they were, look- yeah, they were looking. Yeah, they're looking for, the for the what studio. would work. Yeah, and you know those movies have their own merit, but there's a reason why you don't know that yeah the duo <laughs> the, that they were a comedic duo and, that made a, um, you know more than a handful of movies I, I was, you know <laughs> it was because it didn't quite work you know it was keaton one was a genius and had his own persona and then the team him up with someone who was comp- such a opposite yeah he a, sometimes yeah. that'll work but sometimes it just it was like they just didn't mesh together
0: how many movies did you? do
2: I don't know. It was a, it was a little more than a few. Like
0: I was just watching for Halloween Pass not too long ago. So I taped. They did a. They had a on Turner Classic Movies a, a night of the Bowery Boys, who I love the East better known as the East, uh, East End Kids or the, the uh, Dead End Kids or the Bowery sure, they Boys. used
2: to play that stuff on that show I was yeah, talking
0: about. Yeah, and the more, you know, but come to find out these guys, they started out doing serious, they, they were kids doing serious stuff in the 30s with Warner and movies with Cagney and Humphrey Bogart. Then in the 40s, they it became a shtick, and they're like, oh, let's just turn them comedy and we'll make comedy movies, like uh, kind of like Mom and Kettle. They did forty-eight movies together. Yeah. And I'm like, holy crap! I'm thinking maybe they did ten or eleven. I mean, <laughs> and they're doing, you know, they're they're grinding out like six a year, you know. So it's a lot of these. I guess when I ask you how many movies they could have did together, who in the hell knows how many yeah, movies? I mean, they I have to look it up. You know, as,
2: as much of a kind of ex, uh, Buster Keaton enthusiast, I'm much more interested in the in the silent stuff. Yeah. Once he gets into the talkies, I'm that's just not as familiar with the talkie stuff. As I am with the with the silent error stuff. But in terms of Grumpy Old Men, so this comes back this comes out in the early nineties, ninety three. Now uh Math Al, and Lemon hadn't been in a movie together since nineteen eighty one. A film called Buddy Buddy, which I've never seen. Yeah,
0: I've never seen that either.
2: And uh you know it's I don't know. Obviously, when you look up stuff online, you never know exactly what the truth is. But from what I understand is the guy that wrote it wrote this script while he was in
0: film school. Yeah, this kid who wrote Grumpy Old Men. Uh,
2: Mark Steven Johnson, who went on
0: to write Jack Frost
2: yeah. with M- Michael, Michael Keaton. yeah, And then went on to direct a bunch of movies, including
0: Daredevil and Ghost
2: Rider. The two thousand two, the, the or, Ben Affleck, the ben movie F- yeah. and the Nicholas Cage movie. Yeah, which is and <coughs>
0: that's it. and then I wonder how he got. And he wrote the.
2: He wrote the second. He wrote Grumpy Old
0: Man. Well, I wonder how he got this script into. This is probably the one that got him into the. You know how how he was able to keep other that. than
2: a note that says that he wrote it when he was in film school. I couldn't find more um, to the story. Yeah, but the, yeah,
0: how he got into the right. Hands. Know, it was like
2: when we did Highlander. Yeah, we had there was much more information I was able to find. About the fact that this guy wrote this in school, it's how wrote Highlander and, yeah. in school, and then how we what influenced it, and then his writing teacher was the one that got him an agent because he thought there was something to it. There yeah. were, I couldn't find any information about how this ended up
0: getting made <laughs> because we could have we could have wrote this in, in something like this in college. We we were writing all this. Well, stuff, he's all from of, Minnesota. It, it's the look of the, and that tense is the reason why it has the heavily. I, the great idea of using the ice fishing.
2: Yeah, so I would imagine yeah. that this was all coming from maybe like his parents or his grand or new First-hand people. First-hand experience you know, of doing it. Yeah. His community. Yeah, I, I, I can only really guess. It.
0: Yeah, I have people. You, f- you know, for where you live for a while, I know people from upstate in, in the New York area. You know, north of Albany too, as well. And they yeah. they do a lot of ice fishing up in the Syracuse area. Sure. You know, on lakes and stuff like that. This is the whole cottage thing, and this is so big and. Um, Minnesota, they to base the plot around this, but this kid gets it done pretty easy, early. That he writes this, and um, I don't know. Again, years also when they when he wrote it. Yeah, as well. There's the you it was know, there's a
2: tough one. This movie was a tough there's one not to a find lot the information. of information. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of stuff. Uh, there's no retrospective documentary on the no. DVD. There's nothing. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's, there's really the only there's no
2: Criterion version of Grumpy Old Man.
0: Yeah, there's little, very little information. I mean, you, you could say that they, you know, when they they say when they first got together, uh, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, it's like it was like. You know, no time had passed since the first time they did the scene in the fortune cookies. Fortune cookies is a movie I saw either in middle school and high school, which I absolutely love, and I might even like that better than the uh, Odd Couple. Yeah, it's great. And it's the 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 movie's about um, where uh, Jack Lemon is like a ENG cameraman, uh, sports guy covering football. And uh, he's, like, on the side yard – what do you call it? The side lo- yard line, 30-yard w- – w- Yeah, the sidelines, yeah. Sidelines, uh, football, uh, uh, doing the CBS game, and then, like, the quarterback throws the ball or something, and the, and the, the guy catching it runs into him and, like, breaks – he drops the camera, breaks his leg, and then he's going to the hospital. He, I think he actually gets himself knocked out. And he wakes up his, his brother his, – uh, his, Wal- his brother-in-law in it is Walter Matthau, and Walter Matthau in it is um, – He's very funny, and I think he ended up—he wins an Academy Award for this, right? He earns—he earns him a Best Supporting Actor. But his name in it is William H. Whiplash Willie Gingrich, uh, and that's Walter Matthau. Is like one of these uh, ambulance lawyers. Yeah, yeah. So as soon as Jack Lemmon gets to the hospital and wakes up, Walter Matthau, and you could tell, you know, Jack Lemmon doesn't like the brother-in-law too well, and you know, he's—he you know, knows who he is. He comes in, Walter Matthau, he's like, "We're gonna sue, we're gonna do," you know. So was the whole this, movie becomes. Was this is something
2: <laughs> that becomes much more of a joke. For unfortunate reasons that it's so true much later. You know, you don't, you think of that in like the 80s, oh, and the really 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah, people suing,
0: suing for for all these kind of issues. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know, I mean, obviously it's because we weren't alive when the Fortune Cookie came out, but it just goes to show you that this is a, this, it, this litig- was still litigious. <laughs> yeah but even back Aspecting then it was still it's, be, it's still being
0: is, people be ex- yeah. uh, what do you call it uh, extorting it so it, I love and, and it's been years since I've seen that but then all these hijinks ensue because they're trying to yeah. then he really rehearts himself and all this other stuff and they're trying to play this game and con oh. I love that and then they do grumpy old men together yeah oh, not grumpy old men I'm sorry a um, couple I'll couple.
2: Yeah, I can't remember who directed Fortune Cookie
0: I think it's Blake Edwards Yeah, it might be. Um, And then they do a movie in, what, 1970 or 71 called Koch. And it's Walter Matthau stars in it as an older guy, kind of like a Harry and Tonto situation that I think he also wins an Oscar for, but then Jack Lemmon directs him in the movie. uh, And Jack Lemmon has a cameo in the movie, but it's Jack Lemmon's movie that he directs him in. And then uh, they do, what, the front page, like we said? They do, what's the movie, The Great Harp? Yeah.
2: That's the that's that. after this though, I think. Is that ninety five? I've
0: never seen that Grass one either. Harp. Grass harp. I, that I've never I'd
2: never even heard of that one.
0: Yeah. Uh and it's it's a it's a great pairing up. You bring these I mean, and then also in this movie you have Ossie Davis.
2: Uh, Ossie Davis cr- Classic Amazing.
0: I mean he li- he lives in New Rochelle, which is two towns over from me for like sixty years. Yeah. Him and his wife, uh what's her name? Rudy D. Ruby D. Um and then the great Burgess Meredith's in this movie too. Uh, Burgess Meredith, who uh, amazing career is like a lot of people, and that's the thing is like people know Burgess Meredith either as Rocky. he endeared himself to a whole new generation of people with Rocky, yeah, with the Penguin on Batman sixty six, but then also people don't know is like his stage career is so epic. Well, evidently, you know, he was playing these roles that people may know him for as a as a character actor, but in real life, he's playing Shakespeare. He's doing Beckett on stage. This yeah. is an issue that you see a lot with. Um, uh, Boss Hogg, the guy who played the actor, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the guy who played him on the original Dukes of, Dukes of Hazzard, he was an accomplished stage actor, you know, he was a guy that evidently he'd in his bathroom have a thesaurus and there a dictionary, he'd learn three words a day, he spoke like five or six languages, you know, he was a great Shakespearean actor, but he was typecast as a southern yeah. sheriff I don't, for what he was, a judge, mayor of this town, <laughs> you know, and, and that's how people are going to know him, but then if you watch some 70s you know, episodic television, um, what do you call it? You're going to see him come up as different roles. So you have a sure, lot of these yeah. guys who are great actors, but they get pigeonholed, you yeah. know, playing a stereotype. I remembered now what I wanted to say to, to, at the beginning of the episode, but maybe if we have time at the end, I'll, I'll tell my story. So you have all these people come together, and it's great that it's filmed on location. It looks like a real street. Yeah. You know, I love all that. I love it snow. I'm, my favorite time of the year is like, you know, Christmas and that era. era. So I love that whole aspect of, you know, and they never really... The, they never really hit on, and I don't remember the sequel. We didn't watch the sequel. We should have done a darn double feature, like we you said. Have, yeah. um, do they ever address what happens to the wives? I don't think so. Because in the movie, it's never really said. I would assume they both passed away. Yeah, I, I would. I don't see them, you know, divorcing or uh, you know, or any kind of flandering.
2: Well, they do a very clever. There's this aspect, so in a nutshell in case you don't grumpy old men in case you don't know what grumpy old man is 1993 Walter Matthau and Jack Labin play these next door neighbors who have known each other since they were children yeah and they've had this lifelong kind of feud together where they they bicker at each other deep down you can tell that they're friends but on the surface they both feel like they're, they're enemies yeah and we find out that it's because of a girl yeah, Jack Lemon's
0: wife would have, beca- who became Jack Lemon's yeah. wife in the movie. Apparently, before that, Walter Matthau liked her. He's like courting her and something, yeah. and so
2: that mirrors itself in this movie because a woman uh, moves in across the street to them, and and Margaret, and they both fancy her, and she ends up kind of choosing Jack Lemon also yeah so you really feel like man Walter Malthough gotten the shit out of the stick yeah <laughs> <In> this relationship <laughs> between him and this guy that were originally friends when they were little and they've lived next door to each other for decades because he's he's missed out on the girl twice but then I feel like maybe there's a very clever
0: scene there's a very clever exchange of dialogue well you know if, if I pause you for a minute if this kid wrote this, yeah, as a fil- as a s- film student, and there weren't that many heavy rewrites on it, yeah. it's a great script. Yeah, for a kid coming out, you know, it is like to bring up the Highlander. It is a great way to get in there because it's, yeah, it's a f- so effective. How it's a great you know, premise. Yeah. I
2: mean, who knows how? Honestly, who knows how great this movie would have been had it not been the two of them. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you can't. It's I mean, also so much of it is tied into the fact that one
0: as an audience we love seeing them together we have to have that knowledge of them coming to it or it's going to be very hard you could do it but it's hard you're going to have to in the first couple minutes set up who they are and and have a save the cat moment so that you like them both so that you you know they the what if here that i read was that they were thinking of putting either you know dean martin and uh jerry lewis together but uh, they hadn't teamed up together publicly since the 50s when they yeah. broke up their act and they went their separate ways. Dean Martin successfully had this amazing singing career and then Jerry Lewis went and did all his great acting that people don't love him for. So they have them reunite, but what happened was <clears throat> uh, Jerry, um, Dean Martin's son was was in the Air Force, died in, I think, a training accident in maybe 1990 or 89, and that really messed Dean Martin up, and it affected his health as well. So when you get around to this movie, in 92-ish, Dean Martin's health is in a severe decline, and he ends up dying, I think, in 95 or six. So they say one of the reasons they don't sign on to do the movie, the two of them, is because of Dean Martin's declining health. But you could very easily, maybe that would have worked together, but i don't know how cuz dean martin to me isn't like you know i know him with like you know in the cannonball run years you know with sammy davis jr jucking yucking it up uh it's a kind of a different animal when you see him doing like his 60s stuff with like either in the original fat uh the yeah the it would have been pack, it would have you know? been odd it, it I, been I would have st- felt like a little
2: bit forced it would have been a stretch to try to imagine him in this part you know and then jerry lewis he, still, the bulk of his career was like the handsome Dean Martin, or, yeah, yeah. I'm sure the movies he did on his own without uh, Jerry Lewis were kind of tongue in cheek. But he was also he was the ladies' man yeah. or some kind of secret agent. Yeah, he did he did or this, or this no, series of '68. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know was so to imagine <clears throat> him as this like crotchety old man. I think it, it would have been easier. It would have been easier to imagine Jerry Lewis in this part as, as, as one of these guys, yeah, than. Uh, cause he is a cause he was a crutch. Yeah, exactly. Like, like a Grinch. So you know, in real life. And then I don't
0: know who else you could have.
2: Yeah. You know? So But, but so
0: my, my point is,
2: uh, yes, I mean, it's a, gr- it, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a good script. Um, but who knows how it's tough to imagine how well it would have worked had it not had these two guys in it. Because yeah. you see from the outtakes that a lot of it is kind of that' stuff that's improvised. That's it,
0: another thing that I remember about this movie growing up is but that it, it had that outtake reel. <laughs> but
2: there's it, it. There's something about them, you know. Even I was you know I was working on a script, uh, and uh, our friend Aaron had read it, and he he had issues. He was giving me notes on the script. He has issues. He has issues, and I was saying with the script, I said, "Yeah, but you know, once it's cast." who knows you know like this it'll it'll take on a life of its own once you cast it
0: yeah but sometimes our friend Aaron just <laughs> argues <laughs> He's to argue a, yeah, you, you know he'll do that just to, <laughs>
2: but i think that's true with movies especially with a script it's like yeah you could have a fantastic script but if you cast it wrong it might not work <laughs> it and might can, not work and you can have a you can have an average script but you cast it right and it's, it's magic worked, yeah you know so it's hard to imagine and i think you're right you know there's the beauty of having established stars and established relationships in movies, like Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon, is that you don't need to do a lot of exposition. Like yeah. You said you don't need to have this moment where we can some, where we see them doing something, and we,
0: as an audience like them, yeah.
2: because we are going to see this movie. They're bringing uh, that back. Because we like yeah, them. <laughs> <laughs> because it is Walter
0: Matthau and Jack Lemmon, yeah. There's
2: some movie with Simon Pegg, and I was watching the special features for it. I forget what it's called. It's got the... Uh, it's based on a true story. It's about this... Uh, about, like, a tabloid writer. And it's kind of like a comedy. And Megan Fox is in it. Oh, that Jack sounds Bridges familiar.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: And, uh... Fairly recent. Yeah, you know, it's post... Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, and I remember watching the features, which, which is
0: 15 years old. Now, <laughs> the like.
2: special features. And they're saying one of the reasons why they cast him was because the character is a real son of a bitch.
0: and Pegg. He, like the character that he plays. Yeah,
2: but. Yeah. And so. If you don't cast it right, the audience is just going to hate this character. So they felt like if they cast Simon Pegg, you're just you're gonna like them. It's like you're just gonna like the character, be, you know, like because Simon Pegg is so
0: likable, like Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. <laughs> you know, we talked yeah. about that in the Willy Wonka cast, yeah. where Willy Wonka such a dick. I mean, rightfully so. The kids are trying to steal his freaking thingy, but he's such a yeah. Until you know, it, you know, he has to. You that's, have to have a redeeming. That's the
2: beautiful thing of casting, yeah. the right people and having one established personas. Two having people that just have a certain like ability you're right like we don't have to have that save the cat moment which you know some of you people out there have read the book save the cat but some of you haven't but it's like this moment of there's something that a screenwriter will have the character do something early on in the scripts, like save a cat from a tree or something, so that we as an audience know they're a good dude and we know we should like them. But here we don't need that, because when we go into this movie, we're like, oh, we love Jack Lemmon and Walter Mather. And we we love them separately, and we love them even more when they're together. And then we have the dads, we're just married. So, we're in. For many of us, it's the reason why we're seeing the movie in the first place. And for other people, if that's not one of the reasons why they're seeing the movie, you still have most of us will still have this kind of predisposed, you know, disposition to to these two guys. Um, uh, uh, The guy who directed it, John Davis, uh, he produced John Davis produced it. And he's come up before and he might already be nominated into the Sleepover Movie Hall of Fame because he produced Predator. Sweet. 3 O'Clock High. Sweet. License to Drive. Little Monsters. Little Monsters. (laughs) Predator 2 Fortress. That's two different movies. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay, because I bet you... I was like, Predator 2, colon, Fortress. (laughs) I was was, was like, what the...
2: Well, listen to this uh, right here, just for this Christopher Lambert triple pack right here. Fortress,
0: Gunman, and The Hunted. You love it. Not the Antonio Banderas. Not I mean... The um, Benicio del Toro, Tommy Tom Lee Jones. No. How
2: the, does it feel to be hunted? Christopher Lambert, sword wielding
0: hunted, and yeah, then and also
2: Waterworld. So John just produces. He just he produced all these movies. Yeah. So he's already in my book. He's, yeah, he's, he's already on the yeah. list. Um,
0: Donald Petrie. Petrie, of course, his, no relation to George Petrie from the Honeymooners that I have a fan page for.
2: His first credit on IMDb is something that you would love. His first directing credit is an episode of MacGyver.
0: Do we know what season? It's no. 1985. So that's season one. Trumbo's probably. World. Trumbo's World. I have to go is look the that the name up. Is
2: of the episode. Do, 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 he also do, 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 directed episodes of Amazing Stories. So he's coming out of a uh, television directing background, but then he goes on to direct Mystic Pizza in 1988. Yeah, that's a big and one. And then post Grumpy Old Man, he... You know, there's other things But I just picked out a couple of the names That I think mo- some of us might know Miss Congeniality Which I think is a standard bulk movie uh, In 2000 And
0: then Oh, you know, okay So uh, Trumbo's World As I had a researcher Do um, uh, a little um, work on it um, uh, It is about um, it's, a, it's a copy of There's a really big Charlton Heston movie called The Naked Jungle from 1954 and that's about uh, a plantation owner in Africa I think it is and they get surrounded by the one of those big bands of those killer ants uh-huh. that'll eat anything you know you have to divert yeah. so in The Naked Jungle the idea is like testing like big you know does a big moat around his property and you know we got to divert and put water in because <laughs> the ads are coming and this is what trumbo's world is it's a it's a tv version of you know macgyver was one of those that did that brilliantly Where like if that movie that uh, that i love that i think you like too which maybe we can get to one day called the um shoot to kill uh with tom barringer and sydney portier comes out yeah. they do an episode where it's the same thing where macgyver's bringing people through the you know the the it's you know the killer
2: wages of fear Episode of MacGyver? Is there? Is there a? Well, there's a, Is there a "Don't Mess with the Nitro"
0: episode? I, you know, there might be. Do you think about? It, I mean, there's like a Hannibal Lecter episode. There's a couple Hannibal Lecters. There's a couple of. Uh, uh, there's a couple episodes that mirror real uh, movies. So Trumbo's World was the, that episode, season one, where they were looking for, you know, and, and I don't know where they got the B footage, but it's like, you know, he has to go help. There's this, you know, and then they get stuck on this plantation and the answer coming in MacGyver. You see that in the opening sequences where he's running and he's got like <laughs> the, da, 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 yeah da, 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 homemade hazmat suit on. <laughs> he's taking it off and he's got ants on him. He's... I love that. Don't, don't get me started. I don't know how we got to MacGyver. Around <laughs> grumpy old man <laughs> because
2: the guy directed, know, directed that it. episode.
0: So that—that's Trumbo's world. So, um, and of course, the music
2: is by the great Alan Silvestri. Yeah, and it's funny because
0: he's got—it's kind of a piano score, and it automatically rem- reminded me of like '80s Who Framed Roger Rabbit, or just his era. There's of like also the,
2: a certain melody in the main theme. Maybe doesn't, that's what I'm hitting. It at. doesn't go all the way, but it's very reminiscent. It's very—it's uh, the same melody of like. Uh, not the chorus of Oh New World, but the, the verse.
0: Um, the horizon <laughs> point of view. Yeah, that's that. it's that, that, me playing it on my. Uh, that's on my. What do you call that? Recorder? <laughs> on... No, the um from uh, the the movie of He-Man. I'm trying to open oh. the portal. <laughs> the key? Yeah, the, the key. cosmic key. You gotta use cosmic key. <laughs> <laughs> there's a part. There's
2: a. There's a very there's a section of that melody that is like da 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 da, da. <laughs> and every time it would come on while we were watching it, it was in my head. I was like, "What
0: does what, what is that? It it's one of them." Uh, but Alan Vestry, he was uh, did uh, I believe he did Back to the Future. Yeah, we did him this year. We did him last year because we did Roger Rabbit. He's done. He's done a was huge. He's one of the great ones. I think his, he just recently did. I think he may have done. Did you beating the beast last year? Did he do the um, I know what's his face did the 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 the, the book, the songbook, who yeah. died. What's his name? Rice? No. Close. But anyway, we, we digress.
2: But I think he just recently did uh
0: Freddy Player One. Oh, okay. Oh, because Spielberg not, Connection. If I'm maybe? not mistaken. Yeah, which I still haven't seen yet. But, but. so Sylvester's great. Yeah. I mean uh, it... it it's great, and then you have again. You have Dale Hannah. He uh, might have been on a bunch of episodes. He might have also done. I'm not positive, but he might have also done Dutch. Sylvester. Uh, I'm sure. Which is
2: a, a previous Thanksgiving movie. Yeah, we we started off the show doing Thanksgiving movies. We so, did. Change well, planes well, and automobiles. It's hard because
0: we. So how many are there? <laughs> we did. Yeah, that was. Change planes
2: and automobiles. Then we did Dutch. Yep. And then we took a break because we. I think we. I think we took a break.
0: We just didn't. We were like, you know, we're our doing Thanksgiving movies. And yeah, well, we didn't press it be? too hard because we had our staples of we're we doing were coming Christmas, out of Halloween, and then we we're going into Christmas. So we we knew that uh, you know. And that of course, we're, we're very big
2: in Easter movies.
0: Yeah, we love our Easter movies. So, and then how many movies can we <laughs> <you> find? Of, <laughs> Of it's hard to get a lot of Easter movies
2: So when we were trying to think of lightening things up this year uh, We had a discussion about Oh, well, you know, this there's a Thanksgiving scene in this movie <laughs> And Grumpy Old Man, maybe he's, we should do that He's
0: done the Avengers movies The the Infinity War and the 2012 Avengers You still Yeah, Back to the Future the, the Captain America First Avenger Ready Player One Forrest Gump Polar Express Original Predator uh, the New Avengers is coming out, Cast Away, yeah, Romancing did, the I Stone. he did
2: the original Predator. For some reason, I thought that was Jerry Goldsmith. He did Van
0: Helsing. He did Back to the Futures 2 and 3. He did Lilo and Stitch, Predator 2, The Mummy Returns, Night at the Museum, The Abyss, The Bodyguard, Beowulf, the one I said I liked a couple weeks ago, Christmas Carol, Death Becomes Her, so you're getting that... Um, Rick, Mar- not Rick Moranis. Uh, what's it's his name?
2: Of, have we done Rick Moranis on this show? Yeah, we no, guess we, he was we in Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters.
0: <laughs> uh, what's the name? What's his name? Uh, the director uh, who Zemeckis? did Zemeckis. Zemeckis. That's his Zemeckis. Uh, well, he did,
2: Be- he did. Beowulf and and Train the, Movie too, right? Yeah, and that's Death Becomes Her,
0: and Christmas Carol, uh, and yeah. Roger Rabbit. He did the remake of The Parent Trap. He did the original Delta Force with Chuck Norris. Did Father of the Bride, the remake of with Steve Martin. He did Young Guns 2, Stuart Little. Got a lot of movies. Flight, G.I. Joe, the live-action movie, Flight of the Navigator, which we covered on this cast. No Dutch. Uh, I'm, uh, the, J- the Stallone Judge Dredd, The Quick and the Dead. Never mind. <laughs> uh, the A-Team live-action movie, What Women Want. Cat's Eye, which I just brought up two weeks ago. Made in Manhattan. You kind of just Ferngulli. brought that up to
2: me, though. I don't know. If no, know- I
0: did. I brought it up because um, the guy who plays the actor, Rock, I oh, yeah. brought up he was on a, uh, in the movie because we we're trying to figure out if the landlord from Coming to America. Are we were recording all this. Charles <laughs> does <laughs> Dutton? Yeah, yeah. He was in. The, the, he had no lines in uh cat's eye and he was with the guy who i said you met at cabin fever from oh, yeah, Frenchie. Yeah. uh but uh what else uh, long kiss goodnight richie rich contact no i didn't see um dutch but he did a crap load of movies somebody alice of history dutch. anyway <laughs> somebody so, did dutch somebody had to somebody maybe, wake up yeah somebody
2: big did Dutch. Dion, can we take a break for a second so that i can talk about something that's been on my mind Sure, Blake, what's that? You know what Prince Akeem has that most of us don't? A sweet rat tail? Well, yes, that, but also financial security. And now that we're getting a little older, my ignorance about finances and the intimidation that comes with not knowing much about the stock
0: market is starting to worry me. It's a bit of a cliche, but you know, there's an app for that. What do you mean? There's an investing app called Robinhood that lets you buy and sell stocks, electronic funds transfers, options, and cryptos. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. And there's no commission fees. No commission fees? That's right. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees.
2: So I can trade stocks and keep all my profits. That's awesome. But you know, Dion,
0: I'm not great with all this newfangled app technology. That's okay because it's easy to use. The charts and market data they supply are easy to understand. And you can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. And it is intuitive. So you can learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. And here is the best part. Robinhood is giving you and our listeners a free stock, like Apple, Ford, or Sprint, to help you build your portfolio. Wow, that's awesome.
2: Something tells me I should go to saturdaynight.robinhood.com to get started.
0: (laughs) Your instincts are correct, my friend. Go to saturdaynight.robinhood.com to get your free stock and start investing. (laughs) Today. (laughs) Today. (laughs) And then the plot is that they live near each other, next to each other, and then across the street... The woman walks that, Yeah. Moves that, And it stirs the pop because she is acting. It's not like she just moves in and that's the end of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? She is. She's looking. She's trying to be, you know, I mean, come She on. wants to be seen. She's knocking on the door at one in the morning she's saying, I, want to sh- I just want to use your bath. I mean, it's all like cute she's girl ri- things, but still, you're like. She's riding her, her snowmobile. snowmobile yeah, and she's. Free- Two in the morning. Yeah, up and down the road. She's she's coming over in a bathrobe, saying my bathroom works, but I just want to use your bathroom at one in the morning, just to, to so I won't be lonely. I think of my bathroom. I'm gonna drop a She She's like I had sushi for dinner, and I'm gonna. And Indiana, I, I had dinner. I had some. So bra, yeah. I have clean it up. I have belly tummy now, uh, 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 deli belly, whatever you call it. Uh, so. Then uh, automatically, of course, you have the two of them still so watching, like old people. Well, I do that now. I'm, I'm looking out my window, looking <laughs> at people. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. They can't park yeah. there. Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> hey, hey, you got to get a ticket. You got to get a ticket. So um, that's basically where the, uh, where the conflict goes. That's the A story. Yeah. The B story, you got a couple of B stories. You have one that- But um, the, the
2: piece of- the, We got away from the- There's a piece of dialogue- we were talking, oh, we're talking about, about
0: how the women, about the women die, the the mother, the wives.
2: Ah, very I, good point. <laughs> I was saying that uh, Walter Mathau You feel kind of bad for him because he's kind of lost out both times.
0: Yeah. He's, Although at least he wasn't. He ended up finding somebody got well, married. That's what I mean. There's
2: this piece of dialogue which I think is during when he's they're fighting when he pushes his shack into this thing and there. He says, well, it was better for you, because if you didn't get Yeah, there's her. this very cleverly placed piece of dialogue that's saying, well, you know, living with what you know, what's-her-face wasn't all she was cracked up to be. She wasn't this angel, you know? Yeah. He's like, yes, she was. He's like, I look, I lived with her for 40 years or whatever. Like, she wasn't all that great. And had you, had you been with her, you wouldn't have married yeah, whoever, your her, wife, yeah. who was great, yeah. who was a great woman. And so I feel like... I, I would be very curious if that was in the script originally, or if at some point either on a rewrite of the script or while filming the movie, they realized that like we don't address where we don't address one. They still don't really address what happened to the women, but this idea of, of course, they have to reveal that why they don't like each other. But I feel like it's a very important piece of dialogue to say. Like, don't feel that bad for Walter Matthau well, it's, for yeah, not yeah, winning the girl because
0: it's exposition. He ended yeah. up
2: having. <laughs> You know, he had a great relationship with a woman that he wouldn't have had had he had he ma- had he had he ended up marrying the woman that Jack Lemon. And there is also places that that like maybe Jack Lemon's marriage wasn't all it was cracked up to be. Well, yeah, I wonder if he's
0: saying that <clears throat> on purpose to make not m- let, let Walter Matthau feel so bad, or yeah. if it's just a he is actually because they're arguing, he comes up with something he wouldn't normally say. Maybe there were kind of problems in the relationship. Uh, like you know, I'm not saying like. Uh, fidelity, but well, you know, some sort of like you know. When
2: Daryl Hannah comes, he's like, "Oh, we're taking a separation." And he's like, "Well, you know, marriage—you got to work at it. Yeah, it takes a lot of work." And and you already feel like they. Uh, there is like, a, there's also a line where he she's saying, "Well, he's hard to work on it when he's never around," and he's like, "Well, your mother didn't."
0: Well, he gets into the whole thing where he's like, Well, I didn't, I wasn't around. And it's very clever because this is what I do, or my parents do in a situation. You start talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, you turn it into you. And he's like, yeah. Well, I didn't want to work two jobs seven yeah, days a week, but I did it for you. You, you yeah, know, yeah. you and your mother. But There's I a lot of very. And then he's like, placed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, she's like, This isn't about you. And he's like, You're right. But it's an intelligent script for many reasons you're dropping those I love the scene where you find out that uh, Jack Lemmon's son died in Nam. yeah very subtle very you know coming off of Veterans Day a couple of weeks ago I mean uh, armorous Day it's so poignant you know that because it's not mentioned but it's just it's big enough for you to feel the hurt and pain. Yeah, you know?
2: and it's not important into the context of like the narrative of yeah,
0: the film. It just adds but to it, the sentiment.
2: Yeah, it adds sentiment. It adds a little bit of baggage context. You know, just it, the, it they makes big dealt with loss, a background. This you know just makes it depth. Yeah, it just adds a little bit of depth. To everything.
0: Uh, so Jack lemon's daughter is Daryl Hannah. Her husband in the movies, your guy who you bring up a lot from, uh, he's in good old in Dutch. shooter, McGavin. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Exactly.
0: <laughs> Christopher McDowell. Yeah, man. yeah, your, yeah. McDowell. When I saw him in his cameo in this movie, I was like, Wake's gonna be talking about him. I Another you. Midnight Run. Yeah, exactly. From the, <laughs> the, the, the TV show, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 when they did that, which should've been in that box set. We You what, talked about two weeks ago. We Remember the do. pilots? Yeah,
2: yeah, that <laughs> should be in there. But, you know, <laughs> let's put. I mean let's that Let's put the first the
0: original Midnight Run on the list, the mid, the on the list sure. for
2: next year because I fucking love that movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so they have they're having some issues. They have a daughter, but they're having issues. They were separated, and then a, you it interest you, you learn that they've been living Walter Matthau and Jack Lemmon have been living next to each other for all these years because then Kevin Pollack and Daryl Hannah as children grew up next door to each other. Yeah. and you have this whole thing where you could i um, um, automatically tell he wanted to be with her, <clears throat> but he got dumped into the friend zone very quickly. Yeah. yeah and then right. life went on. He tried to have a life. It doesn't even look like he was married.
2: Doesn't seem like he you know, ever got married. Or no. had
0: kids or separated. She did, but then there's strains in the relationship and then she even plays with them a little bit, saying like the jokes about why well, I left my window up. you know, yeah. I let the blinds open a little bit so you can watch. Everybody, evidently everybody knows you know no one's <laughs> Everybody you know, knows when everybody's watching everybody in yeah, this neighborhood. There's no there's like no there's secrets. no secrets yeah, everyone's leaving the blinds wide open. And you're just sitting there watching <laughs> Um, he's
2: watching the squirrels, Dion. Yeah, he's the, watching the squirrels.
0: At the beginning, I love. You know that you have the they have the Ella Fitzgerald song "Heat Wave" and the, you know the, the dichotomy of it's of it how cold it is the entire movie. I love that when Walter Matthau comes out to get the mail, he sings he's he's singing "Heat Wave." Yeah, well, that's I like that
2: they add that to like he's not singing it to the music. The music is stopped. Yeah, but he's still. It's but in it's his still, head. It's so, like, so it's like, almost like it was <laughs> like he was listening to it in the house, and that's what we were hearing. as we were getting the to diegetic. Know the
0: and then when he came out. He's still singing like you know "Heat Wave," which is- I mean and that had to be planned. I, I like the. Idea that they're both driving probably
2: ADR to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so we're gonna use this song, don't so we, we
0: don't, yeah, we got that. We bought the rights to it, so <laughs> we're gonna have you sing this. You know, I like that they're called, you know, Jack Lemon's driving like a looks like a late 60s sedan. Uh, Walter Matthau is driving equally old. It, maybe it could be a Range Rover, one of those all to all yeah, utility yeah. vehicles, all terrain, you know, that are older. So old they have, Bronco or something, yeah. So they're like they're similar in certain respects, where like you know, uh. Jack Lemmon was a teacher for for history for how many years? So he's a more of a numbers guy. So he's driving like a conservative, like a little sedan that goes some back from here to there. Yeah. Where Walter Matthau, I forget what he said his job was, but he's driving an all terrain vehicle. He can go anywhere he wants. You know, it's like you know. So it's like who has bigger balls? Yeah. You know, it's interesting because because like, even it's just... when they're remember when they're they're shoveling out. You know, he, poor Jack Lemons shoveling every day. He's throwing it at Jack yeah, Lemmon's. Yeah, Walter Malthus car, Walter out. just pull right out, yeah. Well, he says he would work two jobs. Did they say what the second job was? Jack Lemons.
1: Yeah.
0: No, but I wonder if it had to be something. And this is another thing where it's like I would love to develop this into like some sort of like, you know, the bat, have the two of them. That would be a great comedy show right here. We're, we're, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you get like the 70s show, the 80s show. What's the, the Goldbergs? to Have a show of them growing up of like at our age. Yeah, being yeah. a Mitch Match, you could play Walter Matthau. I'll play Jack <laughs> Lemon. and you know it's them growing up with the kids, and like, it's like the Wonder Years. <laughs> you have them like you know as next door neighbors.
2: That seems to be the thing now. I see a lot of shows of the wonder, that are the Wonder Years. Yeah, because people don't I know. Wonder what the wonder was, wonder I years
0: wonder is. what the Wonder Years was. The it Was like year. the Wonder
2: Years copying some song, some show that we didn't grow up with. I'm sure it
0: is. If we ha- if we
2: had time to think about it, I mean, this. it may be Happy Days. I don't know, but it takes place in the same era almost of Happy Days. Well, it was the, not, the, it's
0: have, the '60s though, because it goes into the, it starts in the idyllic, early '60s, which is still the '50s. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I don't know if I, don't, I haven't seen that in so many years. If it's post or pre JFK's assassination, but it certainly goes through the fl- flower it might, child. It might be the year JFK's assassination. Either
2: JFK or Bobby. That's '68. RFK. Because RFK, I think their high, their high schools re his his schools renamed, RFK. like Robert, like our you know Robert Kennedy or. J- or John Kennedy.
0: We just did a movie where they start the show. The movie starts with JFK's assassination, and that you know that's the we were talking about how that kind of ends. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe it was Halloween. Right? I think it was because yeah. they're talking about they, in the in the
2: novelization. They making a
0: point that, that it is. starts because because that a lot of people will use that timestamp as the end of the Eisenhower idyllic fifties era, you know, and then that's when the sixties we don't know what's going on into the turbulent sixties happens. Um so I I love the idea that these people these two have been living next to each other for how many years they have yeah. you know and 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 they have this this long history, you have uh, Jack Lemmon's father is Burgess Meredith Burgess Meredith is, it's, is 95 in the movie he's in his 80s in the uh, when he shot the movie, and I love at the end when you know when Jack Lemmon and Burgess Meredith are uh, Walter Matthau are fighting. Burgess Meredith, the father, comes and tells him to stop. Don't let me separate you two yeah, again. <laughs> and Walter Matthau's like, "Sorry, Mister." <laughs> he says, "You know his name." You know, I love that there's still a respect for the for the kids. You yeah. know, he's not even though they're fighting. You know, Jack Lemmon's always so nice to Kevin Pollak. Yeah, you yeah. know, and Walter Matthau still kind of vice versa. You know Walter Matthau. Remember, he's at, he's pushing him to go over that. Like they both want them, the kids, to end up together. You know. Yeah. I mean, this is it's it's to me. This is like my bread and butter. I love these these comfortable. Like how you want to live near them. You want to live next yeah. door to them. Like I, I that 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 it becomes very uh, nice. I have I've been thinking about bringing this up. Um, I didn't have the right context, but I guess this is right now. The past couple con- podcasts because it's kind of funny. I have a neighbor down the hallway from me. I live in an apartment building. At the end, this guy named Ed, and he's this old Irish guy. He's got a cane, and he's kind of crazy, but he's like, him and his wife live there. He's got a cane, and he looks, he's a dead ringer now that we've watched his four birds Meredith in it. Yeah. And he's got this Irish accent, and he talks. And I've gotten on his good side as soon as I moved in, and since I'm a young guy on the floor, he feels like when we go to these meetings, the, the board meetings, are like, I'm sticking up for the meeting so like in september we had like our annual board meeting and he was after the meeting he's like good dion thank you for sticking up for us and all you know the building and you, t- you know so then that night it was a seven thirty. i you know i said oh don't worry about it it's all right and then you know we're sitting in our living room and our doorknob's starting to jingle and i like, what the hell and i i opened the door and he's there and he he he's like i'm polishing your your doorknob because <laughs> i wanted to it's 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 fucking brass i wanted to so so he starts poli- so he's there polishing our doorknob we got a new halloween mat that had like our names and all that on it he got polished all over the doorknob of um, the mat ruined bleached the mat <laughs> mat's brand new you know and, and you, you don't know and yeah. then the guy he's like it's gonna he's like it's gonna take two weeks to. so it, for, for two weeks he's coming over and you just you just hear like the dot you just hear like and it's the door, he's, mo- he's polishing the knob. And then, meanwhile, he has nah, this. i sure Babe doesn't like it. No, Babe's like. <laughs> and then the Babe knows who it is. He's like, oh, okay. But then the other thing with this guy is that he yells, he screams. He's got these people above him that he's yelling like, and he's screaming and fucking yelling. He's, you know, got that forward. And then in the summertime, what happens is he has his windows open. So we lived on the side of a park. So when I'm walking my dog around the block, you'll randomly start hearing him yelling. And the people in the park will stop and look up and they think that he's yelling at them, but he's just yelling at the, the people above. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so he's just nuts. So it's just so funny, this relation. I have this, you know, he's always, he grabs me. He's like, yeah yeah, fuck. It's, it's, I'm going to end this story here because this is going on too long. <laughs> what ended up, one, one morning, I get a knock on the door. I had lost a package a week before and I put a note up saying, hey, this package was delivered. And, you know, somebody must have taken it. If, if Can anybody look? So this was the talk. This was scandalous of the building. All yeah, these older yeah. people like, Jader Dion's package. was. Someone stole <laughs> Dion's package. So about a week later, I get a knock on the door at like 9 in the morning, and I'm half asleep. I open it, and it's him. And he starts yelling. He's like, "Yo, yeah, I lost the package too. You know, it's fucking it's, it's money. I get, to, I get to from Ireland. And it's gone. And, it's, and then he starts talking about... Uh, he's like then he's saying he went to the grocery store and uh, we used to have um, pr- pr- uh, price uh, uh what the hell the name of the stores but it got taken over by Acme, and he went to the the new grocery store and he was having problems with the with the clientele to the help there now yeah. And they're not respectful. And it's very funny because he's ranting at me at nine in the morning and I'm listening to him. But then as he's starting to talk about this stuff about the grocery store, it's kinda like uh, invasion of the body snatchers. Where I kind of understand what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. He's saying like there's no respect nowadays, you know, he 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 bought something, it was off, he brought it back, they didn't care, and he was yelling like, Hey, you know, I I I had to take a cab or whatever, I'm an old man, I had to bring this all the way back and it went off or whatever, it wasn't good and then then they don't care that he did it and he's like, What's the world coming to? And he's using this as a microcosm about the package I lost and the package he lost. So I'm standing there listening to him, but it was just funny because out of all of it, I'm trying to explain later to my wife. And I'm like, you know, he's making sense. It is kind of like the guy in, in Invasion of the Vice is Like, that's not my wife. Like, he is making. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, honey. I'm like, he's ranting like a like a lunatic, but he's right. You know, he's talking about how the times <laughs> yeah, are changing yeah. and no one respects you know. anybody. But, you know, so. But anyway, that was a long. So this poor guy, or my neighbor Ed, and and he's exactly like Burgess Meredith, except he isn't dirty. That's my father's dirty. But, you know, so it's just, I, I, so it's like immediately I want to live near these people. It's like, it's just such, it's cozy. The bait shop they go to with Ozzy Davis has been, I love that, you know.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, aside from, you know, the fact that they got six inches of snow in, you know, October or early November, you know, it is like an idyllic yeah, neighborhood, you know, and it's clearly, they have their routine they got the bait shop. It's very 50s. And, and then you have the. Shanty town of ice fishing that's going on, which
0: is a real thing. You know, a lot of people. This is a kind of a sport where people will go out on the frozen lakes and, and you know, do this. And my wife, who's English, was asking it's like, do, do people really do this? And I was like, yeah, you know, they'll have these people who are really into it will bring out these little sheds that are on yeah. like, you know, and they'll, they'll sit there and they'll make a shed. And they and
2: probably like, that's their spot on the yeah. lake every once
0: the- And they make a- and Once the, it freezes over. And, and they're making a town like with the, with the sign, the, the signpost is very, I think it's reminiscent from like the Korean War of like, and it's in MASH, that, that signpost they have with the yeah. jokes of where Seoul is and stuff. Yeah. So it's, it's all very true to life. You know, this, this- it does This movie does a really beautiful job of establishing
2: the world yeah, uh, very quickly. Of course, there's aspects of the world that we probably all or most of us can relate to, but also just this idea If it, it's almost, like I said, it's kind of idyllic. And so it is this kind of world that you wouldn't mind living in now. You certainly wouldn't maybe mind growing old in. yeah. And so it does set up...
0: You know, you want to be there. Yeah, it's like this wonderful, you and, it, know, and it does it very quickly, and well, very and very well because it's, so you don't have to waste the time on this exposition. You know, and you all know. this
2: exposition that we were talking about before with history teacher, or I didn't, mean, I didn't want to do two. I don't want to have two jobs. All the stuff, you know, very well incorporated. Yeah, because you never feel like I always joke even when we lived together but I, even to this day I joke there's some scenes in movies I can't think of any specific movies where a scene comes up an exchange of dialogue and I always say like that might as well just flash up the word exposition yeah, on the screen <laughs> yeah because it,
0: it's showing it's not like that <laughs> time you the exposition, <laughs> exposition exposition
2: yeah. you know th- and, I, and it's been really great to go through these movies of our childhood revisiting things that maybe we haven't seen in a really long time and see just how great screenwriting is I mean we talk a lot about this going back
0: to Terminator oh, I mean, exposition through, uh, through action
2: but I feel like there's a lot of stuff I feel like probably comes up in Taken yeah but there's a lot of just it's beautiful to see the craft of screenwriting th- over these decades of movies that we've been revisiting over the last four plus years well, it's fun
0: that they, when, when you have a movie like this that you go back and watch and it holds up yeah. and it, it, you enjoy all these these aspects where the writing is so clever all you need is that line and then you understand the context of the situation or you're bringing these two mega powerhouses together three or four and then since they're in the movie we have that already there, our, our connections to them so we don't have to have the story's already there you know you already know what's going to happen as yeah. soon as they both open their doors it's like Statler and Waldorf for a kind of um, I think this would have been a great movie to do like say you know, 40 years before you would probably had a lot you know Lauren hardy could have did it yeah you know yeah. maybe if Abbott and costello had lived costello i think dies in the late 50s but if, you know maybe when they got older and they got a little wiser they could have well, not wiser but they aged a little bit yeah, you could have yeah, the two yeah. of them doing it you know what i mean it's it's it's, it's very funny or
2: gleason and uh, uh carney. carney exactly they did Izzy
0: Mo, yeah in in the late 80s or in the mid 80s which isn't isn't a great film but it's fun seeing them together but yeah that would have been, again yeah great another pairing of the two of them you know having uh They would have been great in this movie. Oh it would have been, I mean it would have been a totally different yeah, dynamic But than it would have been have fun if movie. you had not Art Carney playing the uh Ed Norton but him playing himself kind of and yeah. then having you know Jackie yeah, would playing have, the Walter Matthau kind of a character. It Would have been mean, Ralph Norton but it would have just had those the, two. Yeah. And it's people. hard you know you could probably have like Don Rickles and maybe um uh, Bob Newhart you know like there's certain people who are friends that, that you might be able to have this fun connection have it work successfully uh, the other B plot which they don't really is kind of thrust upon us is this whole IRS thing yeah which is kind
2: of st- which is how the movie opens yeah it's like that B that B plot is the introduction our first <coughs> scene other than you know just like idyllic shots of the town and with stuff, the heat wave mon- montage yeah, yeah is we got the the great Buck Henry
0: yeah knocking on Gustav's, you know, Jack yeah. Levins' door. Jack Levins' door. Trying to. And add, I, I hadn't seen this movie in so long, I was thinking that maybe I didn't remember that it was, you know, it, it, it could have very easily been like he's been trying to avoid him the whole movie, then you find out that he has an inheritance or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I thought yeah. it was going to be one of these where you corner him, like, no, I'm trying to serve you with papers because you have this money owed to you. Yeah. But then you find out with the IRS, it's this thing where he might lose his house. I mean, it becomes very. Because at the end of the day, you realize they both really sincerely care for each other. Well, that's, the, you know,
2: that scene in the hospital
0: well it's great i mean there's the scene everything but this there's this great
2: well i'm sure you want to talk about it no
0: too. no I'm, I'm gonna start crying now if i start talking <laughs> about it because i remember vividly the scene uh on christmas eve where they have the fight and they go out yeah. and he has the heart attack oh i'm going to start crying and it's just so powerful you know yeah yeah oh, oh. clump. <laughs> yeah it's just because you get older it's like you realize so it's like I, now i'm I, I get emotional over everything so it's yeah. funny i hadn't seen this movie in Geez, twenty years, and then you think about it, and it's like I still remember that scene. I still remember him walking out and him falling over, and him coming out. And even if they're fighting, it's just oh, it's so nice. It's beautiful. And then
2: the, and then the like the, yeah, punk, the, ho- yeah, the then hospital, the
0: punctuation on that scene, yeah. Is, and the,
2: the nurses, he's like, "Is she? Is he here?" And the nurses like "Are you friends or family?" Oh, and he can't answer. Yeah, and he's, and he's like, like, "What?" Yeah, your friends or family?" And he's like friend yeah the friend i guess then he <laughs> because goes in he hadn't called him his friend how they were years. like
0: eight yeah and then he goes in he's incubated too and he's you and know so he's out it's, and it's like this finally tough.
2: this moment where he has to recognize that this is probably his best friend yeah or he could lose him here or something and like, that you know? this could be it yeah you know and they've they've had this silly rivalry
0: yeah. for how many years and
2: which you know in the in a way you, there are certain groups of friends that do just bust their chops and that, like that's their friendship yeah. it's just being assholes to each other Yeah, and you can tell that there's, there's a certain amount of that definitely it's not like a, some bitter feud you know but it is this great moment for me you know was was a great punctuation to him finding him in the snow, which was like this, this that he has to that he has to recognize and has to verbalize that like yeah, yeah this is my friend yeah and that's really that's the moment of revelation in the movie. Like if you're going to go into kind of the more uh, script doctor academic version of it, this idea that you need to have a character change from the through the arc of the movie. Like that's that moment, that revelation. The of him is yeah. this. Wathramathal's arc is that, like, recognizing, like, no, he is my friend, and then it's backed up by, like, oh, well, how much money does he owe? Like, we can raise that, yeah, and like locking up, you know, boarding up the house. So they like, can get he, he take out. Take us into this third act, yeah, of or this or change where or... like now he's fighting for this guy
0: who's incapable who, he can't do it himself who
2: he pretended like he didn't give a crap about yeah. for 50 years yeah <laughs> or plus you know and now it's he's my friend and then he ends up and then you have that little coda at the end which the marriage is he's like you know my son who's now the mayor he's got them to wave all
0: the, the yeah, yeah, the IRS fees. like, yeah. and I took
2: care of the thirteen thousand dollars that you yeah. owe. But you know, it's you're still it's an a loan, yeah, you yeah. know.
0: Yeah. But still, it's I love like, like, the beginning when the, when they're like, "Do you know who this guy <laughs> is? And Have you uh, seen him?" Uh, and Walter Matthau just starts saying all these terrible. He's a terrible thing. Ter- he's probably out getting. What do you say? He's like, he's out with- one of those strip joints where yeah. they take
2: off their cl- where <laughs> the men take off their clothes. The
0: men take off their clothes. He's one of them. It's just so funny. These little. I mean, the lines in this too. It's, you know, you get you get um, uh, Burgess Meredith in it, and and f- have Burgess Meredith being like this crazy cra- crotchety old man, and and that was so a horny, highlight. Yeah, corn dog. Then it's
2: so funny that there's uh, so there is like this aspect of because now that like Betty White is in her nineties like, or hundred or whatever, they kept on trying to cast her as an old. There's something for some reason this idea of old people being sexual. Well, I've heard that for, I've for. But like is comedic Yeah There's something It's like a punch It's a punchline It's a joke for some reason I mean
0: I hear um, There's a place down in Florida Called The Villages That it's a big uh, f- uh, You know Retirement community And uh, you know I hear A, a, a lot of people uh, Will go down Through my day job And do TV shows there Will do like a show On location at, the, at this place And evidently It's all They're all swinging Yeah you well, know, There's so a lot I'm, of like Rampant you like know, STDs and yeah, stuff because people people, people aren't. You, that's what I was gonna say. That, that that from what I've heard, that this is the like STD capital of the world yeah. because it's like you know they're like, hey, we're, we're interest, still interested in sex too. We're not. We, it's not like we can have children. Let's oh have, yeah, you know. I mean, it's, I'm not saying that. Yeah, it, it, that old people. But it's aren't just sexual. It's just, just funny. It, it's odd that it's a. It's now a joke. it's becoming a. Yeah, it's becoming this this like but of like like a randy you know, old person. I mean, is always it a probably joke goes back to. To, 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 to the, the Golden Girls. You know what I mean? That yeah, too. You yeah. know, that, that was with the mother and they're all like looking. And to me, they're not even that old. I mean, when Walter Matthau here is like, I'm 65. And I'm like, that's not that old. <laughs> you
2: know, my well, parents are older than that. I think, they're, in, I think that. they're realistic. I think they are in their 70s.
0: Yeah, when they're doing the movie. But
2: it's funny. You know. My, one of the first things I thought when we, when we turned it on, I was like, is there any chance in hell that Walter Matthau's hair is still brown at that age? Or oh. is he dying it? And if he's dying it, why? I mean, you do you do hear that there are older people that just,
0: yeah, they genetically, want genetically. they, they just have <laughs> good hair, head of hair. They
2: just end up having dark hair, you know, until until they die. Like, yeah. just their hair doesn't go gray. But it's like, is he one of those guys? And if so, is Walter Matha really like vain enough that he? <laughs> Has for been dyeing his hair for X amount of decades or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he,
0: you know, it's it's because he's not see, really. It it's not
2: a bad dye job. I mean, when you look at it, it's not like oh, that's like
0: shoe polish. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. It's it's perfect. It would like, make it you could, wonder. It could be it real. Could, it, could it could not. Like be real. it could it, it could be natural. Because yeah. Jack Lemmon's white. Ain't yeah. He? You know, and I feel like he went white in the 70s. I mean, he didn't go like Steve Martin. Yeah, he
2: started to go gray in like the, in the 70s. Yeah, like the know. out-of-towners Sorry,
0: or whatever those years. Yeah, and then that was like, that became his look, where Walter Matthau, to me, never really, you know, I, I never, it, he wasn't, when I look at him, I don't think he, like he's trying to like, be conscious of how he looks. <laughs> That's you know? what I mean. It's like you know, Is his hair really brown? Yeah, or, or is he dying it? He could it could
2: be brown. And if it is and if he is dying it, why the hell would Walter Matthau be dying his hair?
0: And you know, we talked about him earlier on in the year. He we, we did the taking the Pel one two three. We brought up Charlie Varick we brought up the uh what was it, the laughing policeman uh in, in our summertime episodes. Uh he has a very amazing career. I mean to think that he was he was a radio uh gunner on on one of these like B24 fortresses in World War 2. All these guys, the three of these guys have all World War 2 military service. Yeah. Uh Walter Matthau served and he was in the Battle of the Bulge dropping bombs over Europe and he's in the same uh company that James um Stewart was in cuz James Stewart was doing, I think was Walter, a pilot. Walter, what what are you doing? Yeah, hey, I, I'm, I'm- <laughs> That's, that's your, I'm flying a plane. Here. Yeah. Well, you better fly it right, <laughs> because we better get out of here, soon. That'll, that'll be one of your be- I've never heard you do a Walter Matthau impression. I but had that one. Was one of your better impressions. It was hard because we we did we did taking a panel one through three, and then that night I got the Walter Matthau impression and I lost it again. I told you I had a Walter Matthau, but I dropped it and I lost it. And I was gonna rehearse it for this cast, and I forgot until we I've started recording. I've had people comment
2: on like one of some of their favorite parts of the show. Those are your impressions. <laughs> My impressions of, of listen
0: here, you shut <laughs> up because he has this. He does once in a while. He talks like this. Yeah, up your nose with a rubber hose. So to think that he—I mean, these. This is the generation. He's a radio person on a B twenty four. James Stewart's a pilot dropping bombs. Uh, Jack Lemon was in the Navy. Burgess Meredith was in the—I think the Marines or the Air Force—but then started doing military. He did training films uh you know and they're seeing combat and they get out and then they get into they all get into work into the uh in the 40s and 50s uh Burgess Meredith starts i think his breakout role is maybe uh of mice and men with Lon Chaney Jr which probably. is probably the same thing i think that Gary Sinise directed and starred in he did a version uh with, with, with yeah. John Malkovich, yeah. yeah. They did like a Steppenwolf Theater, which is the Chicago Theater. Um, I think they did the production on stage and they took it and they did a movie out of it. And that kind of was my first, aside from maybe the Stan TV movie, that might have been my first exposure to Gary Sinise. Yeah,
2: probably mine too.
0: Maybe, I don't know about, maybe John Malkovich, I don't remember. But uh, the original movie that, that uh, Lon Chaney Jr. and Burgess Meredith is yeah. very good. It's great. Yeah. Uh,
2: I mean, because you don't really think of Chaney too, Lon Chaney Jr. too much outside of the Wolfman. Yeah. It's but he had a lot same. of really great parts. I yeah. mean, he's great in that. Um, he has a smaller part, but in High Noon, he's in that. Yeah,
0: he's the sheriff. Yeah, that that's, that doesn't really want to get involved. Yeah, it's so you, it's great. And that's that was my point earlier where, you know, especially with Burgess Meredith, we know him as... You know the Schlock is the Penguin. We know him as Rocky. And then for our generation, particularly our younger, the the three or four of these guys now are endeared themselves because of these grumpy old men movies. Yeah. But the like you know uh, Burgess Meredith, like we said, he did. Um, well, he originated Eugene O'Neill Huey on the stage. That performance, which I saw in the '90s, I saw Al Pacino do Huey on the stage with mm-hmm. the with the gentleman uh, Benedict, the the guy who plays the uh, the doorman on the Jeffersons, you know, the tall guy. He ha- he suffers from that disease that uh, Rondo Hatton kind of had. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, so I saw Pacino do that, but Burgess Meredith started that on stage. He was in around the same time as um, uh, 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 of Mice and Men. He did a very big part in the story of GI Joe, which is goes back to our GI Joe podcast. With the that's the Robert Mitchum movie that was on mm-hmm. late one night that they said, hey, we'll just call GI Joe's GI Joe's. Yeah. Um, he had another, he's in an <clears throat> advised consent, and he's in In Harm's Way, just as Burgess Meredith. Uh, but his, and then I, I knew him growing up too, as I forgot, he's in the 1980 Clash of the Titans movie. Oh, yeah. Remember with Harry, yeah. with the, the again, Harry, uh, Harry uh, Ray Harryhausen, those effects yeah. and all that. But also, uh, uh, you know, G.I. the movie, uh, Santa Claus the movie. All f- What is he? He's in all five or six of the Rockies, even though he, spoiler alert, passes away in the third one light they show they show him they I'm show sh- footage
2: them, I mean he's, pro- or he's is probably it archival? in some kind of no he's in I mean he's in
0: did they film he's, his stuff in, for flashback, for four?
2: he's in flashback footage for four but I don't think he's filmed anything for four. but then they did film stuff for five because he has these memories when he gives Rocky the necklace with the thing yeah and then when Rocky's knocked out, and it's like, Get up, you son of a bitch! He like, has like, Rocky's obviously a kind of hallucination. And he's got like a little head in his
0: Get up, you son of a bitch, because Mickey loves you <laughs> That all of a sudden sounds like Jimmy Durant's. <laughs> because Mickey loves you <laughs> <laughs> frosty the snowman um so he he had that we we talked about how he has a cameo in state of grace he's amazing he's the apartment owner where he's like i'm eating beans out of a can uh, <laughs> he's very charming i'm eating beans out of a can but then his four uh he's in a very it's funny because as this recording we're recording this on a saturday night into a sunday this sunday night uh, on Night Gallery is going to be his episode. Uh, Burgess Meredith's and his episode is, if you've ever seen it, we in the future. There, there. He's a bum. He's a drunk ex doctor, and they find in an alleyway uh, uh, a medical bag from the future. Okay, yeah. And it's one of these things where he, he realizes that it's, it does the surgery for you, you know, since it's a futuristic bag. So yeah, he's yeah. going to go and he's going to, like, get straight and become – because he's going to say he invented all this stuff in the medical bag. But his episodes on The Twilight Zone, he does – of course, we know him as the bookworm one mm-hmm. where he's, you know, with the post-apocalyptic bomb going off. Yeah. He does the one where he's taking pep pills and he becomes – like, he has strength. And then he has um, – uh, there's one more which I can't think of the darn name of. But there's the, the one which I love where he plays the um the devil you ever oh, seen yeah, that one yeah, where he's yeah. the, he's the he goes to the, the the printing press the the newspaper in the town's gonna be drying up and he goes and he's like i'm gonna if you hire me as your printing press guy and he's got the crooked cane and the crooked cigars it's yeah. very good <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, I forgot yeah all about that one. yeah that's him in there uh what's the other one the other one is the uh Obsolete man. I don't know what the what the the, uh, oh it's it's he's a librarian sentenced in in a dystopian future in that episode. He says two library dystopian future. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I guess that's you know uh, you know we're doing another one with a dystopian future in a library. I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who that was. Let's get uh, Burgess to do that one. And then he you know he he, Burgess was doing uh, he cameoed on the monkeys as the penguin. You know uh but in the 50s he was blacklisted you know be, uh because of all the shit going on with McCarthy so he couldn't work for a little while but he got with into andrew voice McCarthy. Work. yeah andrew mccarthy was the last <laughs> blacklisting people he didn't want to work with left to right so but he did it, he had a big radio career and and that's how he got into like him doing narration he narrates uh um which a is weird because you don't, he
2: doesn't have oh. that announcery type he has like a
0: warm older yeah. like kind of comforting voice but yeah not as you it's would almost think like the guy who was it in, uh, what's this
2: Christmas movie we did last year with Dudley Moore?
0: Oh, uh, The Night They Saved Christmas.
2: Was that Dudley Moore? No, that no. was, uh, that you know, was kind of Santa Claus, the movie, the yeah. one with Andy,
0: uh, with Paul Williams. Paul Williams and Art Carney. That's the, the Night They Saved Christmas. The guy who,
2: isn't it the older guy in that? He's the guy that, I, mis- I might be mistaken, but I think, like, he's the one that does the Pathmark commercials. He just died, I think. Yeah. But he also did Return the, of the Living
0: Dead? The, uh, no, no, he's not in that movie. I thought he was the mayor. Oh, you're talking about the guy who had the, the, the like Motrin commercials. The, he's like the yeah, Anupra but I'm for
2: the Cadbury egg yeah, commercial. Cadbury
0: egg, and he also does like one thing a new. Yes, you're right. has <laughs> kind yeah. of like a warm, non-announcery voice, but did a lot of tons announcing. of yeah, yeah. Um uh, a
2: long way around for very
0: little pay. Off no, it, it's <laughs> a very – I mean, we're we the whole <laughs> podcast is a compilation of us just walking around. Uh, <laughs> to round out, uh, the, uh, what's his face? Uh, Burgess Meredith, we, he did a movie you and I love called Magic, which I don't uh, think a yeah. lot of people have seen. He's got a great part I always part wanted to do a remake <clears throat> of Magic. Oh, I would think that'd be amazing. And I wanted to,
2: unfortunately... I'm the,
0: Vin, I'm the puppet, and you're the <laughs>
2: ventriloquist. <laughs> no, not us acting in it. Oh. I wanted to direct, write and direct a remake of Magic. Yeah. And now that, that remake of Magic can't happen, so I'm, I, can conf- I can confess what, um, what the idea was. It was obviously... Anthony Hopkins and the Burgess Meredith
0: part. Yeah. People don't know what Magic is. Uh, magic is a 1978 movie, I think it is. And um, it's about... Uh, Anthony Hopkins is a ventriloquist, and he's got a dummy, and he's very good. And Walter... Ma- Burgess Meredith... Who's
2: the woman in it?
0: I forget who the Bur- Mer- who the woman is in it. Burgess Meredith plays his star agent, I- and it's a very good movie because you don't realize... Um, it's one it's almost like a twilight zone episode where anthony hopkins the dummy's talking to him and you don't know if the dummy's real or if it's all in his head and then there's a there's a great couple moments in the movie with burgess meredith when shit starts to go down but it's called magic it's and a he very plays like movie. his manager yeah he's like a star manager that's what
2: i thought that's why and Ma- margaret and margaret look at oh look at <laughs> she's the that's why i was like wait who played the woman in that because i yeah. feel like there's a connection yeah um
0: so you're saying so you Anthony want to Hopkins do in, in the Burgess Meredith part? We're talking about Matthew now,
2: and uh, this is maybe casting that most people wouldn't think, but I I always saw Philip Seymour Hoffman
0: as as the, 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 as the Anthony
2: Hopkins oh, part. Oh, that would work. I thought it would have been a would have been a really intense.
0: And you have Anthony Hopkins play the Burgess Meredith part? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's really good. That would, would be a great. Why one,
2: can't maybe. we make that?
0: Because Philip
2: Seymour Hoffman passed away. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't find anybody else that I. Feel like would really nail that. Part, we'll we'll have you?
0: dinner. We'll think about it. We'll have breakfast. We'll have. We'll, we'll come up with something for next week's episode. But yeah, if
2: that's right, and Mark,
0: right? Um, so that's a great them working together for that. Uh, let's see what else quickly. Uh, he was evidently bipolar. Uh, Burgess Meredith suffered from that uh, through his life. He had four wives. His and first problem—that's prob- that's much way before they probably diagnosed. No, yeah, it, it wasn't diagnosed at the past probably the past twenty years or so like that. So just he would have suffer, I guess, from mood swings or whatever. But his first wife, um, she took her own life after the divorce which is sad and then he had t- uh, two other wives in the middle and then he had uh, the fourth wife that he had f- that lasted 46 years of marriage um, he's in a ch- people who know Irish music uh, Irish songs there's a great band called the Chieftains which I'm a fan of and he does the, the traditional Christmas music and carols he narrates a track in the, their song called the Bells of Dublin and I think he's in the music video and he's in a Kenny G music video from 1994 Called uh, "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas," and he plays like a, a film operator in, uh, in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Burgess to
2: keep all these notes for what we do burn offerings <laughs> uh, I,
0: just, I love, yeah. It's so, so he, you know, he has a great, he has a great storied career, and it's, you know, it's one of these people you don't realize. You know, people may remember him from one thing to another. I mean, Jack Lemmon, also, he's a guy who got to start. Um, you know he's got amazing movies: Glengarry Glenn Ross, The Out of Towners, Tuesday with Maury uh, He was born in an elevator, Jack Lemmon, uh, and his dad was the president of a donut company in, in in Massachusetts. And then he did a lot of stuff with Billy Wilder: uh, yeah. The Apartment, they Something like it Hot. What do you th- what do you th- oh, you know what? Fortune Cookie. I'm sorry, that's Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder. It wasn't Blake Edwards. I was thinking of my. He be- did Days of Wines and Roses, The Great Race, That's Life, and How to marry How to Murder Your Wife is. How, how, how do you marry? How do marry your wife? How to marry an your
2: ex-wife? How to marry an axe murderer uh, so. Well, I was going to say because you know if you look at the great actor director relationships, a lesser known but equally as great. You, know, you think of like De Niro and Scorsese and John Wayne or, and John Ford, of course, or, uh, Bruce Campbell and Sam. Raimi. Yeah. Campbell, <laughs> Sam Raimi. You think of all these. Yeah, the lesser-known, Billy Wilder, Jack
0: Lemmon. Sure. That's like me saying Eastwood and Siegel, Don Siegel, You know, like the lesser-knowns. He had a singing career, which goes back to last week's episode, Jack Lemmon. He he put out his first album uh, called A Twist of Lemon in 1958 from Epic Records. It was during when Some Like It Hot came out. And then in 59, he releases his second album, which is uh, around Some Like It Hot, and I think it's called Some Like It Hot. Um, and then he did a couple singles, which don't really, you know, go on any records. They're just singles themselves. And then in 1960, he releases his third album called Jack, sorry, 63, called Jack Lemon Plays Piano Selections from Ermola Deutsch. Deutsch. Huh. So he was, he had a, he was, he trained himself how to play the piano, and he had a singing career. So he did a couple albums I mean, by himself. us
2: the Ivories a little bit. And, little the, yeah, way. and then
0: th- that's when it gets sad when he starts selling the piano and stuff like that. Uh, he's also great. He he wins best supporting Oscar and uh, great movie called Mister Roberts, which mm-hmm. I absolutely adore. Which yeah. was a stage play, first. Uh, he gets. I was like Jack Lemmon. Oh, he's he's amazing. And it's it's a sad kind of a thing because he, he brings up in, in 1998, he does an episode of Inside the Actor Studio and he talks about how he was an alcoholic in real life and that was something that I think got him an Oscar nomination or won the Oscar for uh, Days of Wine and Roses. Sure. And um, he he he's won the Best Oscar uh, actor for Save the Tiger 73 that with John Alvinson, the director, who's oh, Rocky, right? Yeah, Al, Alvinson. Alvinson, because there's a story where Burt Reynolds evidently Jack Lemon's so nice he can't even talk about people who are assholes in a nice way and evidently Burt Reynolds was about to work with John and said how's working with him and Jack Lemon who just worked on Save the Tigers says oh he's okay and then Burt Reynolds had a really bad time working with him and he comes back he's like the guy was an asshole and Jack Lemon's like yes you can say that (laughs) (laughs) You know, so he didn't really, he doesn't want to talk bad about people. But he's one of the only people who have both won an Oscar and a best supporting Oscar. And that's only happened to people like De Niro, Gene Hackman, Jack Nicholson, Kevin Spacey, and Denzel Washington.
2: There's some story with him. I want to say it's with Wilder, and I can't remember. Unfortunately, I can't remember what the movie is. So there's very little context for the story. But there's (laughs) some story where he's working with somebody. I think it's Wilder. Billy Wilder. uh, And he's. He keeps on telling him to bring it down, bring it down, bring it down. His performance. Yeah. Yeah. And to keep doing it, keep doing it. And then finally he's like, well, if I bring it down any further, I'm not really doing anything. And he's like,
0: there you go. That's well, exactly yeah. That's exactly what we're looking for. Somebody, yeah, I think it's Billy Wilder had a quote saying, quote, lemon, I would describe him as a ham, a fine ham, but a ham you have to trim a little fat with. And then, he, and then that's what he says. He says he has to try to, uh, you know, yeah. cut him down to size to what he wants. And um, he ends up having a... Pro- Jack Lemmon has a a production company called JML, and that produced Cool Hand Luke in 67. So he puts out Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. And then, um, I don't know about this casting, but evidently because of the success of uh, Cool Hand Luke, Paul Newman offers... Uh, Butch casting the Sundance Kid to Jack Lemon for him to play the Sundance Kid, which would have been weird because Jack Lemon's a little older at that point, but he turns it down and they get Robert Redford huh. instead. Um, but he has his whole career, you know, then he directs some stuff. He directs an episode of uh, of this movie called Koch, which he directs uh, uh, Walter Matthau and Walter Matthau gets an Oscar for that. Uh, I think that's about it. He's in that movie, Missing, from 1982, which is which is a big movie. He got a, he might have got nominated again. Yeah. Um, also, I think his son. Yeah, I'm sorry. Keep going.
2: I was going to say I think his son is an actor, and, and 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 was an actor that I think our generation would recognize. Yeah, I him think you're right. Stuff. I think I've heard of that. Like I yeah. think like I can't think of anything offhand. I think he's in Just Before Dawn. Mm. The Uh, horror movie by, uh, Jeff
0: Lieberman. Okay. But. Guy did Squirm.
2: Yeah. But I feel like if you see him. You'll recognize him. Yeah. Like, oh, you'll recognize he was in TV
0: shows. Yeah. He was just one of those
2: faces that, uh, was just in a lot of stuff when we were young.
0: Yeah. Um, he ends up, um, like, Kevin Spacey has this, this great relationship with him because Kevin Spacey worked with him a couple times before Kevin Spacey was famous, and he was asking a lot of career advice to Jack Lemmon, and then they end up working together, and then they end up doing Glengarry Glenn Ross together. And the and then uh, Kevin Spacey talks about, like, his mentor, one of his mentors yeah. is Jack Lemmon. And then there's this other significant thing which I wanted to bring up, which I remember particularly, is that they do a TV, I think it's TNT T. Do a TV movie for um, Twelve Angry Men, and and Henry Fonda's role. They have Jack Lemmon plays it. Okay. And that year he's nominated for Best Actor, uh, for a Golden Globe in 1998. Oh, is that
2: the one where Ving Rames
0: Yes. So Ving Rames ends up winning, and I don't. I forget what Ving Ving might King, have won for I Don think, King. Yeah, the I HBO so. movie, and he's phenomenal in Don King. Like he, you know, it, it, it's definitely like something he should have won for. Yeah. And then. I remember being touching Ving Rames accepts the award and then has Jack Lemmon come up and he says I can't accept this award because uh, either either because he's saying he thinks Jack Lemmon did a better job that year or that Jack Lemmon is such a great actor that he's idolized he yeah, has to yeah. so he gives Jack Lemmon the award on stage and I think Ving Rames is crying it was very touching and it was to the point where the Golden Globes like um, award people they, gave him one. Yeah. They, they made a, another award to give to Ving Rames because they knew that he gave it to Jack Lemon. And I always thought that, I remember that being such a touching story I when remember. that came out. I think
2: I remember watching it. Yeah, we were We back might have we watched used it to, together. Yeah. Because I think that might have been the year that, that might have been like our freshman year. Oh, you're right,
0: because it is 98, yeah. And, and Don King, just I saw that when that came out. I was blown away by his performance in that Ving Rames is Don King, Yeah, that HBO movie. So that, I thought that was very touching that he did that, you know, that Ving Rames is a good guy. So, I mean, that's basically the three of them. Lemon, and then you know Walter Matthau we talked about before. He did a lot of episodic television. His son was a director. He directed Walter Matthau. Son directed Walter Matthau in a movie or two together. Um, And Walter Matthau, you know, he he gets into the comedies, and it's weird because we were talking about that six months ago. Like, at what point did he segue from doing serious work to kind of comedies? Because by the '80s, he's still doing serious stuff, but it's still like, I mean. He's got, he, going back to like his, you know, he's in... Um,
2: well, I mean, the thing is, you know, I mean, taking the D3 is not a comedy, but he's funny in yeah, it. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's it's a straight role, but there's <laughs> comedic aspects of it. But no. certainly uh, he's not... It's Charlie Varick is a thriller, crime thriller. Laughing Policeman is, is a great crime cop thriller. Um, but he's like, Hello, Dolly. Yeah. I forget he's in that. He's in uh, A Face in the Crowd, that great Andy... Uh, um, Andy Griffith movie that Andy Griffith wins the Academy Award for yeah, in the late yeah. '50s, which is actually very topical of today's I, stuff.
2: There's something else where he plays a small part in. That he's was, in Fail Safe as I he? was watching. And I was like, "Oh, look, he's fucking aftermath that plays a tiny part
0: in this weird movie." We brought up Bad News Bears. Well, oh. you know, it's great. He's great role, which uh, they they offered to somebody else. Do that. Oh, so great, yeah. Maybe next baseball season Yeah, will fo- Yeah, that. in the summertime we might do a little uh, uh, Bad News Bears. Uh, let's see. He does – there's a movie that I hadn't seen until much later in life uh called california suite 1978 and it's another neil simon movie and i saw it in maybe 2003 or four because the guy i work with was like you got to see this if you haven't seen it and it's one of these movies where it's different vignettes happening in this hotel at the same time so there's like a lot of stories yeah,
2: i think you've told me about and it and i haven't seen it
0: i think it's it's alan alda is in one s- scene he's arguing with his wife and his wife might be what's her name uh who's from the uh maggie smith or, or no, maybe Maggie Smith's married to Michael Caine. There's all these different vignettes and people are different things. You know, Tell Richard Pryor. Oh, it's, 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 that's, the, <laughs> yeah. Richard Pryor's in it with Sydney Portier. You have, uh, uh, a bunch of other people, but, and it's 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 one of these things where half of it's comedic, but then some of the you know, the, the things are serious. Yeah. And this, the 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 vignette or the little and they're they're cutting in between the two, all these different stories. And the thing that Walter Matthaus in, where it's like he gets to town, and I don't know what business he's in, but I think he meets his brother-in-law, and he's like, "We're going to go out drinking tonight." He's like, "I can't go out drinking. I got to call your you know my wife, who's your your sister, I think it is." He's like, "I got to tell her I'm home," but the brother-in-law takes him out drinking. And his brother-in-law is like, you yeah, know, we're gonna get some dames and all these girls. And <laughs> yeah. Walter Matthau's like, I don't know if I can do that, you know. So you you know, you forget about it because all this stuff's happening in the movie, and what happens is the next morning is Walter Mathau wakes up with a splitting headache. He evidently went went out, got hammered, blacked out, doesn't know anything. He wakes up, he gets a phone call from like the desk, it's his wife is surprising him there, and she's gonna come up and he looks over and he's got like a nineteen year old girl in his bed next to him and she's dead to the world because she's so hungover he can't move her and he's like
1: ah! <laughs>
0: and he has no memory <laughs> how she got there so he's trying to like hide her and then it's like one of these hotel oh, you know, rooms I think I've seen that yeah you, you know, it's one of these hotel rooms where like the bedroom is a separate room so he shuts those doors yeah, and his no, wife I've comes seen in that.
2: I've seen that scene yeah and he's trying On to like
0: something tell her to stop and then like she wants to go into the bedroom and like and she tries to lay down so Walter Matthau put the covers up the over the other yeah, girl yeah. and then she tries so he like falls. It's like ah he's trying to get her away it's very I have very seen funny that, but I
2: didn't know whether that's what it was yeah. I must have caught it on like Turner Classic or something and just watched it for a while I have seen that yeah California sweet seen the whole it's, movie.
0: it's a pretty good movie I mean it's one of those you know uh, uh Neil Simon uh, kind yeah. of like talking movies It's fun you know yeah, uh, yeah. But that for me Is the highlight of that movie is, is his performance And then I remember In the 90s Remember he played Einstein in IQ Yeah
2: Which is you know And There's then um, Meg Ryan in that
0: Yeah I think Meg Ryan's in that He did, the, he did a voiceover work For How the Grinch Stole Christmas a Dr. Sue Video Classics Presents He's Mr. Wilson In the uh, Oh yeah The, the Death Menace The TV version of the movie And then I remember I worked at um, A video store at the time His last movie's Hanging up that girl movie with Diane Keaton all the girls and he's in it and then I remember he died shortly after I remember him passing away while that movie was still yeah. out in in 2000 uh but it's yeah it's so it's th- this great cast that comes together and then Walter Matthau it's like he was smoking like three packs of cigarettes a day he was a heavy heavy smoker he ends up having a heart attack in the 60s while I think doing the fortune cookie so he gives up have his three pack a day yeah. cigarette habit and then cuz he cuz they have to stop filming for 5 months on the fortune cookie for him to recover and i guess at that point if that's 1966 he's only 1920 so he's only what 45 i guess yeah. when this is happening so then when they end up doing uh, grumpy old men, he gets pneumonia. He gets double pneumonia when he's when they're filming this movie. And he's, he's hospitalized because of the cold winter there, and then there's onset of all these other health issues. I think he ends up having colon cancer, and then it, and he ends up having a heart attack. The night he died, and then the, you know he dies in I think 2000, yeah. like maybe July the first 2000. And it's sad because he dies, and then within a year Jack Lemmon dies. So it's like you know there's. Clearly not a connection, but it's just yeah, sad yeah. that you know the two of them. But this whole movie, I mean, so the the logistics of they have this three way where they're they're trying to get Vi for Anne Margaret's attention, and and Ossie Davis is great in the movie too. He's another character actor that uh, you know. And then it's sad when he passes away in the yeah. in, in that in in this movie. Yeah, well, it's you know they have that stuff where they're talking about
2: dying, and he's like. You know, oh, no, I don't want a stroke. You go around them like a vegetable. Give me a card. You know, Give me. That's, that's
0: another funny thing, too, to the hearing them like, you know, you die in your sleep or whatever. And, you know, how, which, which is the best way to go? And it's weird because as we start getting older, and then mean, the death comes.
2: Yeah. You know, and, and
0: then and the, uh, they lose yeah. Ozzie
2: Davis. And then obviously he does let Jack Lemmon almost dies of a coronary. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know? A little foreshadowing <laughs> yeah it's just sad because you start thinking about stuff like that i mean i you know it's i've always heard for years people say as you get older you're uh it goes quicker you know, every day you know it's just going quicker and quicker and i'm starting to see that now where it's just it's just the days are flying and like halloween was just here and it's already you know almost a month ago you know oh, yeah. it's, it's, just, I mean, it's just insane i just turned 40 and
2: yeah um i never ever even think of my birthday like i don't really celebrate it like I don't even sometimes I wouldn't even know it comes until my mom calls me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on that day like or I'm 2 days later I'm like shit I forgot your birthday, you're like, It's okay. <laughs> you know like I don't it's not it's not something that I'm not I'm not a celebratory kind of guy when it comes to things like holidays and and my birthday and but for some this one bothered me. Cuz I feel like I just I realized that like what's I hit 30?
0: It's, like hitting 30. it's like I'm on the getting... back nine. Yeah.
2: You know, like 30 it's like okay, I could live to 60. Well, like, I'm not gonna make it to age. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> We're gonna have this. Not podcast. my, not my family history. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> not all the stuff genetically that's going on in my family. Yeah, but like you know that. what? i like, chances I'm gonna
0: make it another
2: 40 years are pretty fucking slim. But, I'm on
0: the back nine. But man. you know what? It's technology nowadays. You know, you, you you could still be. You'll be still alive. I'll be. I'll be that. I'll be in the in the. the uh, in the damn hospital, like come on, <laughs> on. we got another <laughs> yeah, podcast. Oh, come on, come on, you schmuck, <laughs> come on, you schmuck. <laughs> um, so it 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 blends for well, a lot I of mean, fun. I mean,
2: Bruce Meredith has that little bit of dialogue in where he's like, you know, when you get riot you stop thinking. Of, it that's
0: it, not days
2: anymore; you're thinking about it in minutes. Minute.
0: It's true. I mean, I I forget the. I, can, I can't paraphrase it because I forget the quote, but someone said to me, the only thing that changes as you get older is like breakfast because you start realizing yeah. it's so quick, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, I'm starting to see that now where it's flying. Like we've opined plenty of times on this podcast where back in the day, you know, you'd have summer vacation was what? Th- two months? <laughs> yeah, it felt like a year or even a Christmas vacation. You'd be off from, you know, say uh, December 23rd to like January the 1st. That felt like a whole summer. But it's only, what, eight days or nine days, you know, yeah. at most. You'd have that five-day week, even weekends to me. Like, you live for the weekend. Then the weekend gets here before you know it's Monday morning. You're like, what the hell did I do? What, you know, what, I didn't really even write, it. you know. It's, so it's just, it's it when you start getting to this age and you watch movies like this, it just, you get very cognizant of all that kind of stuff. Um, you said growing up when you were little, you remember uh, watching PBS. I recognized the, the chemist in the, in the pharmacy. When yeah, he's, going he's to, familiar. He... I remember him being, there was a math show on, it was a dragnet type math show on PBS where it was like a guy and a girl and it was very dry like Jack Webb. Yeah. And he was the guy on it and it was a female partner and they would do math. There's a new show called like Odd Squad on PBS which is very good and it's young people and it's kind of like a men in black kind of a thing where Mm -hmm. all the young people in it. It's kind of like uh, also Bugsy Malone, where they're like the adults, sure, and they and then they go to these worlds and they have like like Men in Black, where they have like there's like you know mechanisms and different technology they can use and stuff, and it's very well done for a kids show. It has a very big budget. Yeah. I'm very impressed when I see it, but it's a math show. So, but I remember when we were little, there was this math show where this it was the this this guy and it was a girl, and they would they were like kind of math cops. I forget if anybody remembers the name of the show. It was called Math Squad or Math Something, and they would come on. So I remember him in it. Uh, he's in this movie. They again we brought up last week. I brought up because I was listening to our Garfield podcast. They brought up the Garfield cat, yeah, hangy thing, and I'm like, hey, we can't get get away from this now. <laughs> I just thought
2: of that because you yeah. brought it up last week. Uh, there is one little note I was in the what little research I could find that in September, just a couple months ago, yeah, there was some kind of announcement, and it ties into last week. Is that they're maybe working towards a uh reboot of
0: this starring Eddie Murphy. As uh, what wait, uh as, wait, you're talking as about one of the old men or are you talking Grubby about old uh, 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 coming to America too? No. <laughs> <laughs> now men. That, would that would that mean, Eddie Murphy's gonna be sixty soon. Would that mean they'd be aging him? Or would he play him? I don't know, because the article was under looks the, like he's the under
2: the article is under the guise of like just like Hollywood, you know, like we're, we're rebooting again. Well, rebooting, but also, you know, can't have anybody too old, like, ages. I'm like, even grumpy old men is, you know, he's going to be, like, 12 years younger than they were when they, when
0: they made it. But Why, you know, why would you... I don't know. It's at that point... Why? what's The point is that they're older guys. And, I mean, I'm not saying he can't play the part, you know, but if you're having a guy be a 50-year-old, like, nowadays... Every year, you know, ages get ages of thing in your mind, and, you know... We, you and know we'll it, see
2: if it ends up coming to fruition. That's but true. That was it's an article some- that... Anyway, if, I thought that was interesting. If, because, yeah, yeah, because we just did come to America. And now, like, now they're, oh. they're they're
0: connecting him to this. Maybe in Arsenio Hall, <laughs> <laughs> the two of them <laughs> yelling at each other. Uh, yeah, so I, I I thought the movie it's just it's fun. I mean, I mean, even like the old right said, "Fred in there, I'm a model." I mean, yeah, that was huge. Yeah. You know, that was like the gay anthem of like the early '90s. Not you know? even. I mean, not just gay. No, it, it was it was a yeah, it was a crossover. It, it was just hit. like I you know anywhere I, you go, I feel
2: like one. One of the th- maybe in uh, there was something I do one of the some one of the things that I did with Mike Vanderbilt yeah and there was a makeover scene and I said all it needed was oh, I guess it was the pilot of of 21 Jump of 21 jump All you need was the because they right make, side Fred. Because they, they make Johnny Depp over from being a straight-laced cop to oh. be a, a teenage kid. So he know, can be a cool kid. Yeah, narc. And that's all I need is the right-side Fred. I'm too sexy. Because that was a staple of all kinds of makeover yeah. thing. And it was even – I had completely forgotten that it was in this. Yeah. Until
0: I mean, remember the video? It's a, I feel like they're twins. Are they twin guys? Right-side Fred? I don't know. I feel know like either. there's more than one. There's two ball guys, and they're like – again, they're, they're – s- sport in that commando was, metal was, mesh shirt
2: but i was like not even grumpy old men has escaped the yeah I'm too sexy montage
0: <laughs> you have you have that not not to, to popular culturism you have the nod to home alone where he puts jack Lemon puts the cologne on his face and he does the ah in the mirror because that was called, uh, and being a for the musical
2: for the film music people when Walter Matthau finds the fish in the back seat, yeah. there's a little knot to the Jaws theme. Yeah, And he picks. <laughs> and that,
0: I love that <laughs> they put the he puts the and he smell on the it's it's like all that little subtle he can't figure out what it is and it's like you know it's and it's, he's asking does he smell? Um, I love Jack Lemmon's cardigans. You know, I wear cardigans and I loved his assortment of cardigans and stuff. It was like right out of my own closet. Yeah. Uh, in this uh, the Otis Redding song when you know I'm, what is it? I'm a, I'm a love man or uh call me the call me the lo- you know where he slides yeah, in yeah, doing the uh risky business and he's dancing and then it's another thing where we're talking about the diegetic sound where you think it's just over the soundtrack but then at some point he mouths that like <laughs> so he's into like you know yeah. and it's so touching the scene where he's out going upstairs and they have sex together he hasn't had sex in how many years so you wonder if that's have to do with the marriage so there's a whole there's a there's a little black hole here of they don't really fill you in. And, and I guess you don't need to know, but it, maybe that makes for a better plot. You don't know why yeah. where the wives have gone. Uh, and I like then that th- that kind of works near the end of it where Daryl Hannah and Kevin Pollack. So I feel like since I haven't seen the next one in so many years, I bet you now they're, what, they're an item in the new one. We really should have just did the... <laughs> did <laughs> Done the double feature. Yeah, did the... we should
2: know that, you know, Ann-Margaret,
0: I don't know how old she was when they made this movie, but she was still looking good. Yeah. I mean, she's still... She's kind of, like, still doing stuff now. I see her... It's like, what's her face? It also, is still um, Doris Day doesn't really do much. She does. She's a big animal advocate. Yeah. She's doing animal stuff. But she, you know, seeing her do interviews once in a while, it's funny because I like the outtake. Like the last movie Ronald Reagan acted in before he started doing like I think he ran for governor in California in the sixties. He's in the remake of the killing the killers. Mm-hmm. So there's a Burt Lancaster, which is his first movie called The Killers, which is off the short story by Ernest Hemingway. They did a 60s version with, I think, Lee Marvin as well as John Castlevetti's. And Ronald Reagan is the heavy in it. And in that movie, he slaps Anne Margaret. And it's, it's startling to see Ronald Reagan slapping a woman in a movie. And, it's, and, it's, and so I like in the outtakes, you have that scene where you could tell they, they're probably just shooting it. They don't need the sound. It's just Walter Matthau walking up and saying something to her, and then she lets him in the house with flowers. But he goes up and goes, I am Ronald Reagan. I used to (laughs) be a picture (laughs) actor. I wasn't very good, and i you know, let me in. And she lets, you know, like, so I like that nod. And then this was another thing at the time, you know, uh, this wasn't the first movie to do it because 10 years before you had like the Smoking the Bandit 2 and Cannonball Runs doing the outtakes in the commercial, in the credits. But this was the thing where I loved watching. This is probably the pay-per-view where I c- caught it a lot on pay-per-view. I loved watching the outtakes yeah. of seeing... I mean, it must have been like they just had Burgess Meredith just say... I don't know if they had a list for him to say or he's coming up with all these. <laughs> yeah, but I used yeah. to have... Those were all part of my repertoire, like he's, taking one yeah, eye to yeah. the optometrist or taking Jimmy to Tuna Town and all that, You know, and that's the... I remember the second one where he's in the farm he's in the grocery store he's like don't I'm a doctor and he's running you know don't you know don't worry about me I'm a doctor and all yeah, that yeah. him saying the dirty stuff and Jack Lemmon laughing at it you know and and uh, like at the end when the the fish he walks into the frame to get Walter Matthau laughing you know um it's just a fun movie <laughs> yeah, it's you yeah. know it's just it's 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 nice it's light uh you know it just makes you th- you know think about you know friendships and life and um <sighs> And it's just it's it's just comforting and nice. It's not serious. I mean, even the reviews when it came out, there's obviously there's serious. But it's not. I mean, it's not. kind of like, you know, it's not dealing with like heavy handed stuff. You know, the pol is no politics. There's no kind of they're not trying to make a statement. It's just. Yeah. It's kind of nice and relaxing. Uh, It is like seeing an old vaudeville team come back together. The two of them doing their shtick together. It's you know, and it's it's and they're seamless together. And I think you hit it the nail on the head. It's hard to. You need to the the clutch to the script is having that interaction. I wonder if he wrote this, the the like the screenwriter. Yeah, who knows? You know, but
2: even uh, if, if it wasn't, it was no, kind yeah. of a stroke of genius yeah. for them to cast it this way. Yeah,
0: and it worked out. I mean, it, and it got them what it got them a sequel directly. But then I I'm sure out to see and uh, this, this Odd Couple. Odd, two, odd Couple Two, two yeah. wouldn't have not have happened Probably had it been not for this this yeah. thing because you know? it
2: was a surprise hit. Yeah, it was one of those kinds of. I think we were talking about this with taken yeah whereas like it opened okay yeah but over weeks
0: it, yeah people started like a
2: snowball yeah and the word of mouth and I guess the critical uh, response to it it gained yeah it gained popularity and it came out in this theater as it came it didn't open huge but it end up had, had longevity in the box office so it ended up making like 70 million dollars yeah on what like a
0: 30 million dollar budget yeah, or something 30, 35 million and, it, and it's, it's a good time for it to drop because it comes out I think Christmas Day 19, yeah, so that's Christmas that's day, kind yeah. of the time where oh you know back then especially, let's go see a movie maybe later in the day or on the holiday season so it's 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 setting itself up for maybe an Oscar or, or you know that kind of a thing.
2: That's wintry. It's wintry. Perfect. That's <laughs> the way we try to. Yeah, perfect do for right. us.
0: And, and, and like you said, it's ushering in the Christmas holidays. And I like the end where. Uh, Walter Matho's looking to go do something he's like there, he said there's a dance on the daughters of the American Revolution <laughs> look how old they are <laughs> he's going to see them so it's just fun you know we did it's like like we said at the beginning of the cast it's amazing we did this is our fifth uh Burgess Meredith movie it's it's our second Walter Matthau this in six months yeah it's our I felt like we were doing another one did we Did we say there's another thing in here maybe that, that's we're hitting a, Alan Silvestri maybe it was yeah and,
2: and the producers produce stuff that we've done yeah John so, Davis
0: so it was a good fun choice and it, it kind of gets us off those heavy topics of we love to hit yeah or, you know you we kind
2: of skirted around the movie a bunch but
0: yeah Uh
2: Hell of a a viewing. Yeah, it's fun. It it just has a
0: lot of good takeaways from it. It's fun. It's like it's 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 a
2: well constructed script. It's a well made movie. You know, sometimes you know movies don't always have to be flashy. You know, there's just something that's solid. Yeah, it's solid, and that's really
1: yeah.
2: You know, it works. And now you know, I watched like I said, I watched it a few years ago, and now rewatching it again, It was still it holds up.
0: Makes me want to go. T- borrow this disc from you. Turn it over when I get home and watch the second <laughs> one. You know, uh, before I, yeah. go, I go to bed, and and it, it,
2: maybe we'll watch the second one before we before we had to had to sleep. We just won't do an episode about it.
0: <laughs> and then the the one other thing to note too is if you if maybe we'll put it as an extra in the in the posting. But if you watch the trailer. At the end of the trailer for the movie, they have an outtake that they kept in where it's, it's Walter Matthau in the tub. And he's like, If I, if I knew they were going to have me do oh, yeah. a nude scene, I'd ask for another million, which is kind of funny. So, But it's nice. It's, it's nice to see them acting. It's nice to see them that popular back then, doing a hit. A lot of times you get guys that are that age, they, they throw in a movie and the movie bombs. And it's like, you know, and, and I don't know how Out to Sea did or those other movies. I know you. Um, the consensus was that Odd Couple 2 wasn't very good. Yeah, it's pretty bad, That's It's the one where they're going on a road trip, right? Going to, I think they're driving through the desert. One of the is
2: getting married, who I think, to my recollection, is played by uh, Jonathan Silverman.
0: And you said you think that Neil Simon might have actually written I think this? He I
2: think he might have written that, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was one of those things that was on HBO On Demand, and I was like, Odd Couple 2? <laughs> what the? What the? <laughs> I was like, what you talking about? What you talking about,
0: Dion? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm not even there. I, I called you. I'm like, what? I'm not even here. I read uh, and I, read, I watched it. And I was like, eee. wasn't yikes. Yeah, I remember it coming it was and going. A sad one that that was
2: the one that went off on, but yeah, not, but you know. Hey, I mean, look—it's its, a, it's, it's, it's perfectly or, worth watching. Yeah, if you're especially it's if you're just, a fan of when enough. you compare it to this the original stuff. Odd Couple, yeah, or even Gumpy Old Man, or it the just, show, it just doesn't hold up. Yeah,
0: um, that, I'm reading the Ernest Borgnine bio uh, some years ago. He talks about he did a run of the Odd Couple on stage opposite Don Rickles. I think it was in a Florida venue, and. Uh I forget who then I think that means Borgnine played the what's his face? Not Felix. Felix is the clean guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Felix Unger. Yeah. So Oscar Madison. Yeah, so I think Borgnine must play Oscar Madison and then Don Rickles plays the uptight Felix Unger. And uh I don't know how long the run went, but uh Borgnine talks about in his book that um Neil Simon came up to him and said that this that this was his favorite huh. casting that he most envisioned it would be you know uh, you know which is yeah because it's kind of you wouldn't think of immediately them especially Don Rickles playing the straight role when he's usually a comedian and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it would have definitely been interesting to see um, and when am I else can ever have that piece of knowledge I would,
2: bring <laughs> it would up be except, able to bring yeah, that up
0: except in, in, in this kind of context so and I'm sure we'll get to another Walter uh, Walter Matthau movie um, I'm sure we'll get to a Jack maybe a Jack Lemmon movie definitely a a a, a Burgess Meredith <laughs> yeah, movie
2: I w- you know wouldn't rule any of it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it's just it's just nice it's nice doing these nice little fun movies that are just like effortless and like you know, there's and not a lot of research. It's a good movie to kind of propel us into the holiday season. Yeah, cuz we're going to have some fun holidays. Ring a ding ding Blake and I are going to come over <laughs> and sing some Christmas carols. <laughs> we should do a holiday album we should do one of these things where we you know we start i guess we would it's all copyright infringement we get sued we <laughs> well, we could,
2: you know we could certainly it's try a, to find it's actually not that much money to
0: to get a, the rights
2: to record songs ring-a-ding-ding we like we for, start. Si- for 60 bucks a song we could probably
0: <laughs> and we'll just set up like you know like uh you know blake's over his house one night and he hears some carolers <laughs> come over it's dion with some carols it's the
2: Saturday night movie sleepover. Christmas, Christmas special.
0: <laughs> Starring. And it's all like, you know, Dave Goulier. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring. Featuring. Uh what's his name? Uh Johnny not not Dan Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's Dang, really, there's a person i haven't fucking thought about in at least 20 years it's just people it's just it's so it's, it's, it's who we can get man it's who we we're able to get you know <laughs> for, for, i'm sure i'm
2: sure you know nothing against Doug. But i'm sure but, we can get him i'm pretty sure that we could get him
0: oh we just all these different people carol channing uh, and then so uh that'd be fun maybe we can figure that out but anyway uh, this was a fun one. I mean, we we, we, we walked around the. It yeah. wasn't a lot to talk about in the context of the movie, so yeah, we, I mean, we could have got a little
2: more into the into it. But you know, it's a sleepover. What do you want? Yeah, we're sleeping over. It's tiring. We we it's, think we hit all the big we just, points. We just crushed a bucket of pizza.
0: Yeah, it's and a, a mega a three, and a three liter mega jolt. You know me, I'm I'm spiking my mega jolt. Dion
2: likes mega jolt
0: uh, and Jack on the rocks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then when I start getting salty, you know I've had too much. So and then we're back in two weeks where we're hitting our Christmas episodes, and then we're already in 2019. It's, it's insane. Now we got to about
2: what we're gonna do because now we've we've hit a precedent of opening every New Year with oh something, with like a bang with something big.
0: Yeah. Yeah, What do we do? We did Highlander last this year. Last year we did uh, Escape from New York. Uh, I, well, Escape from New York was like was the first one that we really thought put thought yeah. into it and then like prior to that we did maybe gi joe or transformers the movie we yeah we've had yeah it's oh night stalker we did too cold track the night Stalker. Oh, yeah. okay so this anyway. is this is one more t- this is my this is the story i was gonna say and i'm gonna end it i was watching catching up on my man x uh-huh. there's a there's a show great show that's now in rerun uh from the 60s called man and there's season four opener of man uh Darren McGavins in it. Yeah. And Darren McGavin is is playing a psycho killer in it. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So okay. so this is this is why I wanted to bring this up. So this episode of Manx season 1 episode 1 the, you find out that Manx the show of Manx he's a private investigator and he, and then you know that's that's the one of the show. He gets hired to do to find stuff and that that's how the show is. But the guy who does the show, uh, Mike I think his name's Mike Connors. He's very athletic. So the whole show is him jumping around and all this kind of stuff. So Lalo Schiffer, in mind you, was also doing the soundtrack. He does mm. the theme for Man X, and he's doing some of the this stuff. This, move, this episode airs 1970. Okay. Dirty Harry 71 for Lalo Schiffer in time frame. Yeah. So this episode is that they were all in a unit together of, I'm thinking Vietnam or maybe Korea, and Darren McGavin is the nut. And now people in the unit are starting to die. And we find out very quickly it's Darren McGavin's killing everybody. So once they get together, like, you know, s- someone's killing everybody, we better let the rest of the unit know. Mannix goes and tracks down Darren McGavin. Darren McGavin has a karate school that he's teaching young kids. Sounds a lot
2: like Maturity Canada.
0: <laughs> and it's and it's almost like Cobra Kai. Um, we, he has a karate school where he's teaching kids how to do karate, but he's teaching them, like, gutter karate stuff. And, he's, you know, he's very, and it's so funny because it's he's Darren's got his hair grown out he's got really long sideburns and he's kind of crazy and he's teaching him all this stuff and he's breaking boards and all you know he's doing all the, oh yeah dude he's doing all you know you could try he's really trying to so then Manix goes and confronts him and he lets the kids go and he's like you know you're teaching the kids how to kill you you shouldn't be teaching them that way and the whole time that he's talking to Manix they're cutting to like cutaways and he's like he's like doing parallel bars he's flipping around he's jumping and then it cuts to a close-up and it ends with darren mcgavin looking (laughs) at the camera so it's so funny because it's supposed to be darren mcgavin doing these crazy he's doing flips he's doing like uh what do you call that with the with the you, you can hold yourself up on the two the parallel bars. No, not the parallel bar, but like when the when oh, the rings, the ring. He's doing rings, he's doing parallel, he's jumping, doing like four different flings, and he's jumping down. And it's a close up of Darren McGavin, <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's so. And he's they're having a conversation with this, and you're like, wow, this is amazing! So... My point is, then they have this big fight in the locker room where Darren McGavin put, like, tripwire out, and, they, and then they, they wrestle and tussle, and they fall into a pool, and Darren McGavin wants Mannix to kill him, he's like, you gotta, you know, and then Mannix can't do it, so he lets him, he doesn't drown him, and he comes out, and he's he's laughing psychotically, so... My takeaways from this is Darren McAvin could have been an amazing Joker a la like uh, Heath Ledger okay how he was and then the soundtrack is very it's it's all Lalo doing all the dirty hairy stuff a year before yeah. with all the crazy kind of like you know segments and little cues and all that so it's it's amazing these these performances fall through the Cracks, unless you don't, you're not a fan of that show.
2: Yeah, yeah, but
0: it's he's really amazing. Like I, you know, we know Darren McGavin either as the old man from A Christmas Story or as Colchak, the Night Stalker. Maybe some of his other roles, but you've never seen him as a psychotic Karate School Killer. <laughs> the, the, you know? that, I certainly have never seen. Yeah, him play and doing that all part. these this physicality, so it was, it's quite amazing. And I just the whole time I'm like, Jesus, this is amazing. So that was go check out episode season four, episode one of Man X with Darren McGavin playing a crazy uh, psycho killer with some great psycho. <laughs> going to grab myself some Mickey D's breakfast on yeah. my way home and, and see then, if I can <laughs> find that. <laughs> see if you
2: can watch, eat my egg McMuffin while I watch that before <laughs> I go to bed.
0: Some crazy Gary McGavin. So we're in the final months of uh, November next year. Next year. Next month. We got two left, and then the uh, season. uh are at the twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen season five starts for us. <laughs> I think there's
2: a Italian Escape from New York rip off movie called Twenty Nineteen Fall of. Fall of Oh, that sounds familiar. 2019 Fall of New York. Yeah, fall,
0: yeah. Well, we might need to do that next year. That'd <laughs> be cool. Do like a little thingy of like, uh, what's that, Bronx, uh, oh, Apocalypse Bronx or something? Yeah, Bronx Warriors. Yeah. There's a whole slew of those. Or those uh, Italian post-apocalyptic thingies. Uh, but this is Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Twitter. We're on Instagram. We've got our own site, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. Uh, You can like us. You can check us out. You can message us. um, You can retweet us. um, Score to Death.
2: Score to Death, Conversations with Some of Horror's Greatest Composers. There's a book available on Amazon. Uh, You can uh, contact me and get a signed copy. You can uh, also score to death the podcast. Um, And uh, there will be an announcement. Score to Death related. In the coming weeks or months. So Ooh, stay tuned for that. That's and nice. Dion, of course,
0: has uh, Blood in the Streets. Yeah, I got a book coming out uh, within a couple of weeks. December the 4th, it's coming out a Tuesday. Uh, book Blood in the Streets. Makes a great gift. Great stocking stuffer if you like crime uh, fiction, police procedurals, historical fiction a good thriller uh you like 70s gritty 70s cop police cinema uh check it out it's going to be paperback audiobook and ebook it's on amazon you can find blood in the streets as well it's on uh twitter instagram and facebook please follow me there and uh check everything out it it, it's releasing very soon it's very exciting i'm also doing some um you know interviews and stuff for it so if you follow me you can follow uh my journey of uh, promoting the thing and uh yeah it, 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 it's 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 a fun time so you know check us out there check us our stuff out and we'll be back before you know it in two weeks with another installment of saturday night movie sleepovers uh and if you can't get wait that long check out our back catalog because we, we're almost like a close like 150 you could, episodes you now. could
2: be listening to dutch or yeah.
0: or all, all, all these, right other, now th- yeah, all these <laughs> other things we checked out and then you know uh, message us if you have any questions about stuff. You could probably get an autographed copy of my book too if you if you message me. Well, <laughs> yes, nice. Yeah, I got I gotta start thinking about all that stuff out. So uh, thank you very much for listening. And uh, before you know it, we'll be back again. So until then, later.